His pupils are big because he has real. He, he, he has that energetic cat energy. He has that wolf cat energy. <laughs> Wolves are canines, babe. Oh, yeah, that makes more sense. Yeah. But ki- cats have actual cat, like, like growling cat energy. I mean, you look at a. It's basically the same thing uh, with a lion. It's just a bigger. It's just a really bigger, much bigger kitty. Yeah. That's that's what I like to think. I mean, that's why even great cats like to uh, look, sit in cardboard boxes and feel like pants. I mean, they 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 think they're uh, big. Uh, small cats usually think that they're big. As far as like, ah, I'm to gonna it. do it. I'm gonna make it happen. You know. You gonna make it happen, Penny? <laughs> yeah, that's what he says. Yeah, he he should. <laughs> that's right. But he should. You know. Yeah. But, you know. That's, hey, holy shit, that was almost my face. You don't need to hurt people that way, you f- fucking freak. I, um, <laughs> I don't know how to, I don't know how to start talking about these two movies, and, except others, and yeah, they say they are, yeah, they are, they are this, uh, they are the title of this podcast. They are, to- welcome to Top Notch Nonsense. I'm Michael James Benson. This is a, uh, uh, genre podcast where we talk about strange unusual and and fucked up movies and today and today we have quite the quite the quite the squatch quite the squat the the scratching the scratching we're just scratching the surface yeah we're just scratching the surface to this is only uh we're only only a few so many episodes in and we're scratching oh christ scratching the surface sounds only a like few a few so many you're yeah right. only a few so many over 20 but uh this is the first uh, this is the first time i really was this is the first time where a movie really didn't make any sense i mean but uh, the first movie especially didn't make any real actual sense i mean logical real sense as far as what babe as far as like any uh, as far as uh, I had to decipher and read all of this fucking narrative shit of what exactly was happening in parts of this movie that I didn't catch. Oh, good. You can explain it to me. Yeah. It is, it's not, um... So why don't you tell us what the movie's called? Yes. Let's, out, I certainly would. Let's, uh, let's right. get a... Uh, yeah, that makes sense. Oh, yeah. Uh, right. Let's do um, our format. Yeah. Hello. Yes. Uh-huh. This is what it happens. This is what works. Uh, the movies we're talking about today are uh, The Visitor from 1979 and The Ninth Configuration, the unofficial slash official sequel to the first Exorcist movie. So wait, uh, what? Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's I, I, I know it was thought. written by the same dude. Yeah, but he he considers the Ninth Configuration a sequel to the to the 1973 oh, Exorcist. Have, okay, you're gonna have to tell me about that. Yeah, because that's 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 fucking nuts. But uh, that came out in uh, it came out in '80. Now, of the they're both they're both uh, they both take real hardcore left turns. It, uh, both of them. I mm. it was it, it, with ninth configuration. We'll talk about. There's like a one half of the movie that's very jovial and happy, and ooh, look at all the not so crazy people. And then once you get in the second half of the movie, it's like, oh, this is really 
this is really sad. They're talking about the death and about real mental illness rather than just the happy-go-lucky saying Tourette's type of shit. Uh, but that's uh, that's the ninth configuration. We're first going to talk about The Visitor. And uh, here are some of the movies that came out during uh, September of 1979, Miranda. So mm-hmm. you could see that uh, these were the movies you could see as well as uh, the... Uh, the movie, uh, The Visitor. Um, you had The Tempest, The Green Room, The Great American Girl Robbery. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Patrick, Disco Godfather, The Onion Field with a, a young James Woods. Uh, Quadrophenia, a movie oh, yeah. I want to talk, uh, uh, and there's a movie called The Legacy w- uh, that has to, that's set in, uh, uh, that's about a Los Angeles couple that visits Britain and is haunted by a, uh, by a ghost cat in a mansion somewhere, which is oh, going to be I fucking like all awesome. Of those things. Yeah, exactly. We got to watch that. Love and Bullets, oh, Stone Cold Dead. Uh, a remake of The Wolfman called Wolfman. Death Car of the Freeway. Swap Meet. There's a movie called A Man, A Woman, and a Bank. Oh, Christ. Huh. Blackjack and uh, a movie called Thirst. Other uh, other movies by the same director. And he has a American name, which was uh, which is different from his... Italian name, because his Italian name is uh, Giallo Paradisi, but his uh, American name, the first thing that we see on the screen is a Michael Paradise film. Oh, yeah. Because they, for some reason, they just added, it just went as a different name. Giulio, sweetie. Giulio. Giulio Paradisi. Giulio Paradisi. This is a really insane this is a really insane movie. Uh, uh, because it doesn't make any sense, I'm just going to read like a, a a short description of the entire movie. So it, uh, this is what I read about about this. It's like John Huston stars in it as an intergalactic warrior who joins a cosmic Christ figure in a battle against a demonic eight-year-old girl and her pet hawk. I didn't know it was her. Pe- uh. I, I found out it was a hawk late, um, later. Watching the movie, I was I was kind of digging around and I wanted to find out what kind of bird that was. So where are you getting that synopsis? Myself? Yeah, uh, from IMDb. But uh, while the fate of the universe hangs in the balance, multi-dimensional warfare, pre-adolescent profanity, and brutal avian attacks combine to transport viewers to a state unlike anything they've ever experienced, somewhere between hell and the darkest reaches of outer space. This director's other... Wait, you got that from IMDb? Yeah. Who wrote that? Um, What's the username? Draft House Films was the uh, thing. Here's the... uh, Here are the other two movies that he... that uh, this this director did. Uh, A movie called Spaghetti House... Oh, shit. We have to watch that. What the fuck is that nonsense? Oh, you want to know what that's about? It's about three militants. They kidnap the waiters in an Italian restaurant in London. Soon the victims behind their kidnappers find out what uh, what's going on and try to fight back. It's really fucking weird. Uh, oh, so it is legit about a spaghetti house. Yeah, exactly. And then there's another one called Tis... Uh, 
uh, that's called Tisseromino, um, which is oh yeah, <laughs> that is uh, is just uh, is just about a very uh, a, a, about a failing playwright. Uh, <laughs> but uh, there's all sorts of weird things in this movie. I can't wait to break down exactly what ha- what happens in this. That this had, I mean, initial thoughts before we get into it. Did you enjoy this? this is yeah, this is fucking crazy. Both of our second time seeing this thing, and it's uh, it has quite the freaking cast. I mean, Shelley Winters, Mel Farrar, Glenn Ford, who we saw in the Big Heat as Detective Bannon. Yes. And uh, of course, J- uh, John Houston playing an o- uh, like an old uh, reputable. Ooh, look at me! Lance Hendrickson, well known as a beard. No, uh, Lan- Lance Hendricks, uh, Lance Hendrickson as Raymond, and you know Sam Peckinpah, drunk off his ass. He couldn't <laughs> remember dead, yeah. any of his freaking lines, so they're just he's just saying shit, and they overdubbed it with a completely different actor. It wasn't even him. It wasn't. They couldn't he, even he get him back to overdub his fucking yeah. own his own fucking Jeez. thing. And it's just, it's a real fucking, it's a real sad fucking thing. Anyway, we open, you know, th- uh, we open on something super surrealistic. It's like a like a. Um, in my notes, I called it. Uh, I said this is a really shitty green screen, uh, desert sandstorm. Yeah. It. it Experience, it, yeah, yeah. John Houston, also known as Jersey Kolowitz. That's that's the character's name, Jersey Kolozowitz. Solowitz. She experiences a vision of a powerful and destructive storm brought on by a young human girl that turns into like some sort of. Uh, it, it blows, like, the fucking wind blows her away, and she looks like a fucking par- part of ashes. And yeah, it's like kind of like the whole pillar of salt thing. And it's, it's, uh, and then we're, and then we're, and it's, it's weird, it's something out of, like, a coloresque, uh, surrealistic Boonwell or Lynch or something, something similar to that, and then, then we get this cut to a weird type of, like a uh, blonde-haired uh, oh, wannabe yeah. Christ-like figure talking about ooh, creepy blonde dude. Yeah, and he's telling a story to a bunch of bald kids about a prisoner named Satine. And I actually found out that it's yeah. spelled with a Z, not an S. Oh shit! Spelled Zatine with Zatine. a Z, Z A T T E E E E N. Oh, that is not how I spelled it in my notes <laughs> at all. Or or mine. An evil interspatial force of immense magnitude with powerful psychic abilities. It's inside, uh, you know, and there's a benevolent arch rival, and that is Yahweh, also known as the real Christian, I mean, the Christian God Yahweh, or like the, or the the word. Is that what it's referred to as in the film, babe? Yeah, uh, or... Yeah, I apparently. Don't remember, I, have, I don't remember. Uh, yeah, I don't remember that much, but I it, it dug deep, and exactly that's what they were oh. talking about. Zatine escaped to the planet Earth centuries ago, and then he was eventually tracked down and killed by Yahweh. His spirit lives on in the minds of mankind, waiting to for an opportunity to reemerge and wreak havoc. So well, that's weird, because what it actually says in the movie, what the creepy blonde dude says, you know, um, Zatine was, uh, which, okay, Zatine's Satan, I get it, that's a little on the nose. It's a very on the nose, yeah. yeah. Um, 
was a mutant with a primal wish to kill who used mind powers to spread destruction and death, and he transformed himself into an eagle, and he was killed by the commander yeah. with his brain. That's what it was called. It was called the commander. I don't remember him saying Yahweh. I think I would have clocked that. Um, uh, oh, but then, you know, before he turns into an eagle, he banged a bunch of earth chicks to spread his progeny, and then commander's progeny is yeah. throughout time hunting Zatine's progeny. That's what I got from Creepy Yeah, Blondie. that's... And... And it doesn't, that, thank you, that feels, it feels very Scientology adjacent in the way it's, uh, in the way it's uh, said. Apparently, all of the kids in that scene, all, they all had shaved heads, but our main girl, Katie, she, uh, since she's a quote-unquote professional actor, she, that, that was a wig, in her scenes, oh, it's a bald on. cap. Is a bald cap. Well, that makes oh, sense because no. she had to do so many other scenes with with hair. But all the other kids, they what? They were just extras who shaved their head to be in the movie. <laughs> oh, fucking a, dude. Because it's not like they were like two or three. These kids were like ten years old. Yeah, it just it's... when 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 you were like eight or ten, would you have shaved your head to be an extra? No, yeah, I would have. Ooh, that would have been a toughie for me because I always had really long hair. Uh, I, I I like my hair, but I know. I mean, I. I, I shaved my head for a fucking... Uh, That's at right, like, you did. At, and you were like grow so fast. And, or, yeah, and was yeah. able to I would ha- I would have to be in a really awkward stage for like a year. There... <laughs> yeah. There's, um... It, it's... it. This movie is pretty fucking... Pretty goddamn fucking bananas. The next main... Um, next main scene, who, if I'm not mistaken... Who, played, was who the, plays Creepy Blonde Dude? What was that character's name? That, uh... You want to come back to it? Yeah, we come can back come back. To to, we can come back to it. But he's. Uh, I don't think I've seen him in. My, I mean, he looks semi familiar, but I don't think I can. Uh, oh, is it Steve Cunningham just playing Jersey's assistant? Was this character not given a name? <laughs> That's so sad. Unless I'm wrong. Especially it is. Oh, yeah. or is he Franco Nero who played Jesus Christ, but is uncredited? Yeah, that it's probably Franco Nero. Oh, Creepy Blondie was supposed to be Jesus. Yeah, that—that's who you're supposed to think it is. Oh, is that it's, I just you know random cult thing. leader. Yeah, and also he doesn't look at like any of the other. I mean, yeah, he just looks like Jesus as a cult. I mean, yeah, but uh, this is a this is a very this is a very odd film. We get to the. I mean, I think the next major scene after that whole fucking breakdown of who Satine is and how he's, you know, trying to spread his disgusting, you know, intergalactic seed that is demon, yeah. that's demonizing throughout the throughout the land, and how we have specifically one. She's a she's a child. It, both these movies have such insane quotes in them. Just so yes. many weird great, quotes. It's great bonkers dialogue. And. uh... And uh, I think uh, I think the main next scene is that they go to a uh, we're at a we're, <laughs> we're at, the, at a basketball we're at game basketball game yeah <laughs> which is it's just like okay now after this whole breakdown of well, what Satine is let's there is see the Atlantic the, there is kind of the little bit um, of where we get that that crazy seventies music break as Jersey is on top of the one building and we see the equitable equitable building because we see that building. A few times in this film, yeah, for for no particular reason. I don't fucking know why. I think it's the equitable building in a uh, in Atlanta. Yeah, there's uh, we have we have the uh, uh, apparently it's at the Omni. It's uh, it's in Atlanta. They couldn't. Uh, they still had the um, even though it said the Atlanta Rebels, they still had the Atlanta 
the other symbols for the actual for the actual yes it was the atlanta rebel rebels versus the san francisco miners neither of neither which one are real. were real basketball nba teams at the time well a this is low uh, fairly low so budget they, had, they yeah, can't they ask the, the nba to say hey that that's a-okay with me and even before in the very 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 beginning before the movie starts they say we'd like to thank atlanta for being so wonderful oh, the city yes, of atlanta for city helping atlanta, us this film could not be made yes yeah. yeah, thank you for letting us fucking film this insane goddamn but we are not allowed to use the nba logos or even the actual team names yeah uh there, so we have Raymond Armstead, who's played by Lance Hendrickson. He's the supposed owner of uh, of this team. Yeah, of he owns team. the Rebels. And he's like, oh, okay, I'm, uh, I, how did you get the money? How is it about the win? It's like, uh, the team will win at all costs. I'm a, I'm a new owner, and no one knows where his wealth comes from. No one wants to... Uh, he's not going to fucking say that he says it, it, the money comes from God, which is a insane thing to fucking oh, this, say. Oh, this bizarre interview, yes. Yeah, and through the uh, through the inter- through the fucking um, game at the very end, we have uh, the little girl just fucking <laughs> turns it turns it so they win. It's well, fucking well, yeah, disturbing. He, um, there one of the one of the players just kind of walks by this little girl wearing big shades. He kind of stops to look at her a little weird, and she just kind of lowers her shades a little bit. Then he goes for a dunk as the clock runs out and the basket explodes. And actually, my favorite part about this was watching all the sports writers, like, uncover their typewriters, like, legit typewriters on the table where the, um, all the sports writers are, I guess, the press. Yeah. And just start typing on their typewriters. Oh, shit, the basket exploded. This is a big... This is a big story. I gotta make sure this is in the evening. I gotta get this on my selectric, yeah. Yeah, (laughs) I have to make sure this this hits the evening post. But, uh... (laughs) And he's dating a divorcee, uh, Barbara Collins, who is... Who's Katie's mom. Who's Katie's mom. mom. And my heart goes out to Barbara. She she gets gets put through the ringer through all of this fucking horseshit is probably, everybody's playing her is really, really, um, it's really, it's really horrible. And this fucking, this girl is not doing anybody. She's a shithead to all of her fucking, to her parents, to everybody. It's, it's really disturbing. Um, Anyway, so what, what do you have? Uh, so she's the Satine progeny. Yeah, she is the Satine progeny that has telekinetic powers that can get people to, you know, win basketball games when yes. they need to be, and like can piss, uh, can supposedly, you know, automatically have a gun appear in her fucking <laughs> birthday present or as a birthday present for herself. Yeah, that happens a little later. That happens a little later. But so the yeah. scene after the basketball game is um. Uh, Lance Henriksen and Barbara are naked in bed, and apparently this entire scene was improvised. Yeah, ooh. Yes. Because it has really weird lines, like she says, you treat me like a normal person and I thank you for it. <laughs> <And> <laughs> which is, like, gets himself a Thank you like very that. much. <laughs> I'm so glad I have a normal person that cares about me and that loves me. <laughs> So fucking weird. Yeah, and she says, like, um, 
there's something wrong inside, something terrible. It's Katie. She scares me, Raymond. It's like, okay, so her mom knows something. She knows that, yeah. With that, Katie, but we at this point, we don't know where Raymond stands on the whole thing. Yeah, it's it, we don't find out what uh, who he's what his connection is, and it, we learn more about his fucking fanaticism a little bit later on. But yeah, she's not a uh, she's uh, not a cool. Not cool uh, child. I don't think I would... It, it, and re a real difficult... Somebody that, you know... I wouldn't want in my fucking house uh, to say that. You I, don't want any children in your no, house. No, I know. I just... All right. So so we see her and she's playing Pong. It looks like she's playing it with her mind, though, unless I caught that incorrectly. Yeah, I didn't see any... Uh, I didn't see a... Yeah. And, well, yeah, the little the little um, old old-timey wheel... Yeah, I can't even think of the control. Yeah, I couldn't. Yeah, the um, and uh, cause it's kind of cool though. It's not on TV. It's um projected onto this like big old screen, which is house. really really cool. Which the is such a bitch in house with like a that that is cool probably the best. It's, it's amazing. an amazing house. I want I want to go. I want to hang out. I mean, I would love to check that place out. It's amazing that it seems like so much. Uh, so much of this was so much of this was shot uh shot in uh. It, in Atlanta, they they all thought it was uh, a lot of uh, Sam Peckinpah, as drunk as he was, thought of it as a free trip to Europe. So when they weren't being uh, when they weren't shooting shit, they were doing other they were hanging out and doing other trips to Europe while they were while they were there. And uh, anyway, they were doing other trips to Europe, it's, not just not, Italy. Uh, no, they were uh, they were driving. Uh, you mean they, they were like sightseeing? Yeah, sightseeing. Sightseeing anyway. in Italy. Yeah. Okay. But, um, the, all right, what, I know that there okay, is... Okay, so she's playing Pong. Yeah. Um, and then she plays with her little hawk. Okay, having a bird, I get. But once I found out it was a hawk, it's like, that might not be a, a pet for a Helpful. child. I no, think. no, especially like an eight, one that looks like she's eight years old and, you know, is, it, it, she's already has a lot of negative energy inside of her soul. You can tell, you can tell in her fucking eyes. Well, yeah, her mom comes home. And, you know, we see that her sitter is just completely passed out asleep. And Katie's pissed at her mom. You know, she says, you leave me alone too much and I'm tired of it. Which is like, for an eight-year-old, it's like, damn. This eight-year-old is uh, more bold mind, with how yes. she fucking talks to other people. Apparently, she uh, she wasn't super comfortable with all of the cursing. But yeah. apparently, she hard. pulled it off fucking well. Yeah, My God, she, yeah, every she, she did. I, I believed it each time. And then she says that um, she wants... A brother from her mom. Yeah, that uh, she wants another little fucking uh, somebody that she can manipulate with. Uh, well, no, babe, it's all part also... of the the overall plan. Oh to yeah, get more Zatine progeny, and Katie's apparently aware of this. Yeah, and so she wants to make sure it's lar uh, larger, so, and Be also so you can because we find out that Barbara is the only woman of her generation that has the Zatine DNA. Yeah, inside her. Inside her. Ugh. And then we find out that John Houston is also their jersey yeah. in order to find Katie. Yeah, and who is on? Uh, who is on the? I don't know. I, you, you don't know who's really on the correct side. They both have. Uh, both sides have ulterior mo motives for this fucking kid. They want him. Uh, they want him to come. They want Zatine to not be it. It on Earth, so it won't. Uh, you know, fuck with Barbara's life and so many other lives. So they try to. That's the whole idea. I thought about bringing her back, but maybe I'm wrong on that. It's uh, anyway. But uh, yeah, and once we see John Houston, we get his another crazy '70s music break with his 
bizarre, like, um, Puma Man level, um, Italian 70s, uh, like, theme song. Yeah, and he... That plays whenever he shows up. He's been doing... It, it started right after uh, Chinatown in 74. He starts getting these kind of, ooh, I'm decrepit and creepy type of uh, roles. So even if he's playing a... Kind, even if he's playing a bene, benevolent uh, character, Mane- he, malevolent or benevolent? Bene- uh, which one's the? I forgot. Which one is the? D- yes, I'm just as smart as no one. All right. Which one's the nice one? And which one's evil? I forget. I, th- I think benevolent is good. Malevolent is benevolent. Evil. Yeah, but not, uh, even when he's playing someone benevolent, he it, he comes off malevolent. Mm-hmm. Ah. Yeah, that's what I meant. To, I want to say that particularly, particularly well. Um, and uh, we know uh, Lance Hend. Yeah, so there, he seems to have a forethought of knowing where to go and knowing where how, and ha- having some sort of plan. But it isn't revealed in the most coherent way. No, at all. You know, there are big stretches of this movie, like ten or five ten-minute stretches of this movie where he is just standing on top of a roof waiting for <laughs> waiting for aliens to come down so he can bring uh, uh, Z- uh, Katie, uh, Katie's body uh, filled with Zatine back up to the fucking skies where, where she belongs or some sort of fucking bullshit. And, of course... John Houston, uh, John Houston's Jersey character is uh, is going against, in in some ways, Lance Hendrickson's character, who is more or less being paid off by Satanists to try to get this. We don't type really of know what we don't really know what, who exactly these board members are. They look like yeah, they but they're all wearing navy suits, so that's pretty evil. Yeah, that's already pretty evil. That they, they don't. Uh, they look like they want to contr- uh, they want to control the this uh, for their own fucking awful ends rather than just having an old it's just a bunch of old guys trying to control a young girl another another strain in our movies uh, uh, that we've watched uh, a bunch of old guys trying to control a younger woman or a younger girl or a child which is fucking disturbing but uh yeah yeah well, so, um, so John Houston is on top of the roof again, and we see that equitable building again, so we know exactly where we are, and, um, he's there with one of the bald guys, and then a bunch of other bald guys follow, so I guess it's the kids from the first scene, they just aged quickly, they or, just, or this is how far in the future it is, I, it doesn't really make that clear. Maybe it, taking, yeah, they, it's very unclear, it's just very surrealistic. My thought was that it took so long, it takes so long to get from, from, uh, their home planet or wherever they are in the oh, fucking yeah. stars talking to the Jesus Christ character who's telling them the fucking stupid story when they're young children. It takes them so long to get to Earth that they are that old. And it also, it's either that or they, they feel like they're being growed in those, like, fucking teepee fucking things on top of that building. I don't know that. Yeah, that was super weird. So it's like, yeah, these bald dudes are like bringing up these big metal suitcases or something. And then when that—that's when um, we cut to see Lance Hendrickson going to the um, or Lance that is going to this board meeting with a bunch of old guys in navy suits. So they know about Katie, and they know about the visitor who is John Houston. 
So then they're giving him the job to marry Katie's mom to make sure that she has another kid because they want the brother as well. It's a big conspiracy against Barbara. You know, they say Barbara is a miracle of nature, the only woman of this generation that carries the genes of Satine. The but genes I guess, of Satine. The genes of Satine. But I guess she doesn't express them somehow. And yeah, and then go back to the roof and all the bald guys are like behind these weird screens. I don't know. Behind I, these weird screens, which I thought I they know, were... What, uh, they what were, was that supposed to mean? They were, I thought they were getting some sort of getting ready or getting bigger. I, uh, I, uh, be, it, it just... Uh, we're, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, when you see this movie, you will forgive us for, have, uh, for having trouble trying to explain what the fuck is going on. Because there are so, uh, there are so many moments, uh, there are so many horrifying moments. One, uh, one in particular is at a birthday party that is probably the most fucking next, worst yeah. fucking you want, you thing. Talk yeah, about let's the let's party? get into let's yeah and so Katie is eight. And she knows, she's kind of aware of what she can fucking, part, I mean, at least aware enough to fuck with her mother, to fuck with her mother's friends, to fuck with anybody else who tries to come at her. I don't know, I think she just thinks she can do whatever the hell she wants. And, and, and she, but she's kind of partially aware that she has this shit, or else she wouldn't be doing this type of, uh, uh, type of fucking hardcore, heinous, mean shit to her mom. Or she's or she's aware of doing any of these things. Anyway, it's just, it's, I really, uh, I really was scared at that birthday party. That's probably the one of the major scenes of the movie. So what happens is we, it, they, there's some sort, there's a birthday party for her. She's turning eight years old, and uh, at all, there's a whole bunch of the old ladies and kind of and a cup a handful of Long children friends. friends. I guess. Yes. And uh, that that's fine, and everyone's oh, that's the greatest, wonderful. And then oh, let's open up that pack, that uh, freaking package. Well, they, well yeah, the, you know the cape comes. They do. They sing the happy birthday song. Um, her hawk and it appears like some other birds are kind of freaking out about this whole thing. They know something's up. She blows out the candles. John Houston is randomly there, and then yeah, she starts opening up presents. She gets an Atari, which is pretty sweet. And this is before he even uh, offers to be a babysitter. This is just—he's just randomly there, which is really fucking weird. How did you get invited? You just walked into the place and say, "Yeah, I'm gonna walk in here." And, and all these people—they keep—they keep kissing Katie on the cheek for her birthday, and she keeps wiping like, them off know, every time it happens. Yeah. It's just fun. It's very funny. This is... so, so it's like, yeah, she's not into it. Even when the eight-year-old is being evil, she's being authentically like eight. an eight-year-old, yes. which is authentically eight. authentically eight years old. I remember when I did that when I was eight, wiped it off my face. But uh, yeah, that it, and it gets to the yeah, they get to the point where you open up the package or the the present. And I thought it was going to be something and else. Oddly enough, something. she was opening this present not in front of everybody. Like yeah, let present. me go away. So it was like an extra present. And it made me think, well, is the reason why she's going over somewhere else to so she can materialize a different present than what what's in that package? We don't know. Which babe. is materializing a gun rather than 
Yeah, some it's a semi-automatic handgun. <laughs> yeah. I think it's like a forty-five. Something she takes it's it a out. Big old fucking gun. Big fucking gun. She takes it. She starts pointing it. Like, look, mommy. Yeah, she, yeah she's, just, she's just holding it as if she's gonna shoot it, running through the living room, full of people. Like, hey, mama, look, mama, look. And then, and then, uh, and then she just kind of tosses it. Like her mom is there with her with her back to Katie, and instead of turning around or whatever, Katie just. Tosses, she underhands the gun onto the table, and it goes off and shoots her mother in the lower spine. spine. And all of a sudden, I don't know why am I laughing? It's so horrifying. It's just how well how it's shot and how it comes off is so fucking absurd. Yeah, it's so out of fucking left field. It's like, oh, okay, what is a what a what is a fucking gun doing there? And why is nobody grabbing her and stopping her from running around with this handgun? And she just and she ha- she's dumb enough or she's e- slightly uh fucking narcissistic enough or just e- bad I think, lady I think she just thinks she can the kid she just thinks she can do whatever she wants uh you know there were reviewers in this movie uh, uh, reviewers of this movie who said it was a remake of the bad seed who uh, it felt like a remake of the bad seed I can I can kind of see the um the parallels. Yeah, I can some see some parallels, parallels but that... But there's also too much complicated weird shit in this than there is in the yeah, bad seed. Yeah, I mean, seed. I guess, because the whole idea with the bad seed was um, that mental mental illness could be passed down in the genes, and here she gets, you know, evil alien genes. So I can see the parallels there. Yeah. Oh, do you think we should do that film, sweetie? Yeah, eventually, eventually yes. I just got We gotta pair it with something else. But it's, um... It can't... It, 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 this uh, this movie is also very similar to The Omen Two, Damien, which uh, and it which came out in 1978. But ten months uh, after that, this movie came out, and you know it's a child born of a malevolent creature, groups of humans devoted to the cause of good and evil, and you know deadly attacks of birds are also in that movie as well there's a lot of oh, yeah. a lot of bird vi- i mean a lot of bird violence uh, violence done by birds to people not the other <laughs> way around which is uh i haven't seen and the type of intensity yeah. with these fucking with this bird violence i haven't seen authentically done in that freaking screeching of that noise of all these fucking screeching birds the only other time i felt that fucking annoyed and unnerved was the movie the birds yes <laughs> but she shoots it goes off and shoots her right in the fucking spine in the it's back, terrible. and it just and all the other old lady actresses are like. Bleh. I know we looks authentically to, bad. We it to finish notes, and it was just these four ladies with this little kid, and they just had this like Bleh. looks on his face. Michael's noise was actually very, very appropriate. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> so um, throughout this. The, um, uh, I, I don't know if we said this, but I want to make sure this is, but the, uh, the guys in the boardroom, they want Raymond to father, uh, uh, a male child with Barb. Bar- yeah, we already said yeah, that. Yeah, I yeah, mean, I mentioned that because yeah, they yeah. literally said that during the, um, yeah, anyway. during the board meeting. So then we get a montage of poor Barbara going into surgery. <laughs> so sad. And Katie poor is Barbara. at gymnastics class. And she's. With some of that crazy ass late 70s uh, Italian movie music. Her, her mother, and, and that, 
And it's done so, it's like, the, a lot of those scenes don't really, it, it's so uh, shocking, that uh, in, intense. You do not need some of the, the music juxtaposed with yeah, some of these scenes so doesn't odd. really mesh all that well. And it, 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 it certainly feels very giallo. Um, yeah. It, in a lot, in a lot of moments. And I guess, I guess we're, it's a nice juxtaposition. You're seeing the, the, the daughter, wow, she's using her body and it's going so well and she's happy exercising with the gymnastics that she's doing. Meanwhile, her mother is, can't, will never ever be able to do gymnastics in her entire life. And Not only that, she won't be able to walk because the bullet went through one of her kidneys and so, severed her spine. Here, I actually, so fucked up. Go ahead. Let me see. Actually, I found the um the soundtrack on uh, on Spotify. I want to see if maybe we can get a little bit of this well, crazy music in just ten seconds. And we'll edit it. Yeah, yeah. yeah and just, it's a thirty second thing, so we. Can okay, yeah, it. just to, just to try and give people an idea. Let me just find something that works. Yeah, no problem. Okay, this is the one that actually says hospital sequence. Let's see. Spinal injury. Gymnastics. This is insane. Okay, so I highly recommend that soundtrack. It's that just, it's just late seventies Italian awesomeness. Yeah, and uh, sometimes even if a giallo movie is bad, the music's fucking amazing. Yeah. Not that I'm saying this movie's bad; it is five stars all the way for me. But um, there's uh, this. Uh, just some more information: the budget on this movie was eight hundred thousand dollars. Wow! So uh, that's include that's nineteen seventy nine or nineteen seventy eight, late nineteen seventies. Uh, uh, money and uh, for how small this movie is, it it see it, there's a lot of um, set pieces that are uh, that, that now I can understand why it would cost eight hundred thousand dollars. We have a car. We have a car race fucking crash scene in this movie on the Atlanta highway, which gets fucking insane. So we're at the montage of Barbara going into surgery. Katie's yeah. at gymnastics class. Um, and she's just killing it at the bars, and her teacher tells her that, not in those particular words, but Katie's like, yeah, I'm getting perfect. I will be perfect. And then, you know, the gymnastics teacher's like, I'm so sorry about your mom. And Katie's just like, and my mother didn't die. She just won't be able to walk anymore. She is so just... just <laughs> no empathy. That's yeah. not a thing. She's just that... like, yeah, yeah. There's no skin off my nose. <laughs> I don't give I a fuck. I can still walk. <laughs> why, why should I care about that? <laughs> Uh, it's not like I inadvertently dropped the fucking gun. That, yeah, no I, guilt. No guilt even. <laughs> no guilt or of anything. Just like, yeah, I dropped the gun. It went off when it went on the fucking thing. And boy, do I feel a-okay. <laughs> so everybody's back in their really, like, amazing house. Um, so it's, it's Len Hendrickson, Barbara, and Katie. Yeah. Um, and Katie's just fucking around riding her mom's new chairlift that they had to have put in because she won't be able to get up the stairs since she's going to be confined to a wheelchair now. And, you know, they're talking about how they might get married and Katie's super stoked about it. Like, oh, we'll be a family. And it's like, hey, you're close enough already. And that's when um, Shelly Winters shows up. Shelly Winters don't, uh, going ham in a couple of fucking yeah, totally. scenes. Just going like, 
I have never seen her be this. I mean, I've seen her do other stuff, but I've never seen her. And uh, unfortunately, because this movie, the reason why so much of this movie is so confusing is because we don't know. It's hard to decipher the motives of a lot of these characters, and I, uh, but especially the Shelley Winters yeah. character. Yeah, we really I am don't not know sure what her deal which is until very late fucking side she is on, especially when. She, uh, with some of the lines that she sa uh, well, says, well, she definitely to the child, doesn't like too. Katie. No, no, she is suspicious right off the right off the back uh, of that. She uh, Barbara even asks uh, Shelley Winter's character, "Do you think my uh, daughter is good?" And she's like, uh, "Do you want her, do you want me to be honest?" <laughs> no, it's so fucking weird. But yeah, she's there, and she's going to be the new housekeeper. The new house, uh, the new housekeeper to look after. Look after the oh, and this scene's Katie. great. Okay, oh, so God. she tells Katie that she has to leave. So Katie goes to catch the school bus, but she finds the cop um, that has been investigating the shooting. Yeah. So they're not just, you know, letting this go entirely. No. Like, hey, it was just an accident because it's a little, it's a little fucking suspicious and weird. Um, so who's that? It's oh, that's Glenn Ford. Yeah, the, uh, Detective, Detective Durham. Jake Durham. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Um, the, and so Detective Durham on the case. Tell, yeah, tells Katie's like, "Well, is is there a is there anything else that you want to tell me, Katie?" And she's just like, "Yeah, go fuck yourself." And she means <laughs> it with every fiber of her being. Yeah. She was uncomfortable with the cursing, but that kid delivers that line like a boss. Yeah. And, and he's just like, well, you know, you can, you can tell me I'm, I'm the cop. Everything's, you know, everything's on the up and up. Just, I want to know what, what happened. And Katie is just not taking any of his shit. She's just like, I don't like you. You're a child molester. I bet you do dirty things to children. <laughs> I'm smarter than all of you. No, no, maybe you are. Maybe you are. But let me ask you just one last question. And I promise I won't ask you anything else. What happened to the Oh, no, wait, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Oh, yeah, and then, you know, Detective Durham just says, you know, I'm worried about you. And Katie's just like, Jesus, everybody's worried about me. They need to worry about themselves. And then Detective's like, well, Katie, whatever happened to the gun that your aunt gave you? And she's just like, well, you better write it down. You better write it down. Yeah, and then and then she goes, you know, she t like she gives him the, the come hither motion, and then she whispers in his ear, write up your ass. <laughs> it's fucking, this kid kills that scene. She is so good. Is really, really That's my wonderful. favorite scene in the whole movie. She's she, fucking great. Pa uh, Paige Connor yeah. plays Katie Collins and she's, uh, she and was she's only in this. seven, she was only in like seven things. You know, the night they robbed Big Bertha's in 1975, this movie in 79, Little Darlings, she was the girl oh. in the t-shirt. Which I, is I, I wish I remember that, that, that particular <laughs> we, part. We'll go back right back at that and see which girl in a t-shirt she yeah. was. But uh, it's amazing. We a movie she's we've already done oh, just yeah. a year later. That's awesome. She also was on the Facts of Life as Lucy. She was on As the World Turns as Janie Cobb, and in uh, 1989's uh, TV series In the Heat of the Night. In 1989, in a movie called Fast Food, hmm. uh, in 1989, 
She was called Tracy. So. Oh, I think we need to do fast food, babe. Yeah, we'll do fast food. Yeah, it says, it the, the synopsis is, what would happen if a sex drug ended up in the secret sauce of a new burger? Drug? I need that yeah. movie right now. Will, god damn it. I'm we gotta add, do that. I'm gonna friends. add that to the list. Yeah, god damn it. Yeah, yeah that would be awesome. But she pulls, she pulls this off. She pulls, for supposedly as scared as she was about, like, insulting or being mean to anybody she pulls off yeah, an she, obnoxious she fucking dickhead child you know and uh yeah and also in this movie something i read on uh on fucking wikipedia at imdb is that she uh is that shelly winter smacked her for real numerous times during Jesus. that confrontation uh, scene uh, and uh and she and Paige, Kate, Katie, uh, the, the actress Paige, had real hard, uh, had trouble saying real harsh profanity to Glenn Ford, one of the most iconic fucking old time actors who was uh, who was in who's in Gilda as the other man. He's in he's in that movie anyway. But uh, yeah, according to Lance Hendrickson, the cast agreed to do the movie to get a free trip to Italy and. The entire cast uh, supposedly just knew it was a piece of shit. Everybody just phoned it, <laughs> and they just said, "Okay, we're just we're gonna go ha we're gonna go insane, anyways. Who cares? This movie is a real fucking turkey," as fucking Lance Hendrickson said, which is insane. <laughs> but uh, okay, so yeah, okay, so we find out from you know, when the detective, I guess, is talking to another cop, I believe, that that the gun had no manufacturer's mark or serial number. So I think you're onto something when you said that she conjured it somehow. Yeah, I think that uh, she she has that type of uh, power to con. That's why. That's why I think. Otherwise, how else? Yeah. No one. Because when we first yeah, watched aunt, this movie, my the, the aunt didn't really gift her a forty-five. <laughs> yeah. <birthday>. <laughs> No, it was some sort of. I thought it was a plastic bird they eventually fucking gifted it. And it turned. And Even thought so, it was something that's else. Fucked up. There's so many. There's so much fucking bird imagery in this. I thought they fuck. There's a plastic bird in this movie. Oh yeah. There's the, all sorts of. We're fucking, coming to the the toy bird. Yeah. Um. Oh yeah. The, so the two cops are talking, and then the one cop uh, says, "You know, the kid didn't seem shook up at all. She seemed almost glad it happened." And then Glenn Ford's like. Yeah, that bugs me, man. That, that really, really bugs, bugs me. me. It was like the most insane line That's, delivery ever. It is great. It's uh, and to know that this guy was once in one of the best fucking film noirs we saw like a handful of weeks ago, and he's just like, uh, "My daughter died, and so did my wife, and or my wife died. Oh my gosh!" And now we see him doing the most overacting with the most absurd fucking law. It's bad. I don't trust it, man. It's bad stuff. It bugs me, man. It bugs me. It's bad. Which isn't a great line to begin with. But, <laughs> but he, he, but he says it with such intense heft that uh, you, uh, I was smiling fucking... Yeah, I know. You rewound <laughs> it and listened to it a, a few times. Yeah, okay, yeah. It's great. Anyway. Oh, okay, so now we're on, we're on the roof near the Equitable Building again with with John Houston and all the bald guys. And this is where their information behind the screens. We still don't know what this means. Yeah, it, it, I uh, my best guess is that they're being from they're turning from children well, they're into already older. Adult. They were already adults by this. Well, point. maybe they're just becoming more evolved or they're not ready to be they're hatched. They're more adult? More adult, more hatched adult, more uh, putting in like uh, maybe it's Similar to like getting all the information about the world, and then they go out into I the, guess, about Michael. the earth. I don't know either, Miranda. I'm just fucking this. 
this is this is really is the top notch nonsense podcast. And I really yeah. like that. Fucking, all right. So the detective goes into their awesome house. Oh, and that's where the hawk attacks him. Yeah. Then he finds yeah. He, this is where he finds the sparkly mechanical bird that keeps saying, "I'm a pretty bird. I'm a pretty bird." Yeah. I'm a pretty bird. It's fucking creepy as shit, yeah, but it's really that. it's really pretty. Yeah. And he, and he just takes it. He just steals their mechanical bird. Uh, after uh, and. Uh, I don't, yeah, and he gets attacked by an actual bird. I don't know. Well, yeah, the actual the the um, Katie's real hawk follows him in his car and attacks him when he's driving, like right in his eyes, just scratching the shit out of his eyes when he's driving. So he runs over a cyclist. His eyes are all bloody, and then the car like rolls down a hill and goes in fire. And then explode. It explodes. And it explodes, and that is the. End and then of bystanders the are trying to help him out, more or less help him out, or trying to find out what's going on, and they're. They're like around that car, and then the car fucking explode explodes full of fucking fire. Anyway, but yeah. So oh, this is when Barbara is talking to Shelley Winters, and yeah, she's asking him, asking her, uh, "What do you think of my daughter?" And Shelley Winters is like, "Yeah, you wanted the truth." And Barbara's like, "Uh, yeah." yeah. Shelley Winters is just like, "She's bad." And um, I've Barbara's, seen Barbara's like, "Well, she's just a little girl." And then Shelley Winters says this weird ass line. Something along the lines of um, philosopher, philosophers believe our characters are our fates, and some scientists believe that planets understand this. Fucking what? <laughs> well, she's a psychic. She talks in jibber jabber. She talks in bullshit words. It's not. It doesn't make. It, I. I don't know. I. I I'm. I'm struggling with that. Planets it, understands our characters, and some scientists believe it. No. That's, that's I believe I read that in a horoscope last week. Oh, that's all kinds of bullshit, man. <laughs> I mean, what else are you going to fucking pay a psychic that, for? That so she's she a psychic. She doesn't know she's psychic, though, does she? Yeah, she, I, thought, I talking, thought that was her other fucking uh, they were talk- no, profession. I, I mean, I don't know if that's her other profession, housekeeper slash psychic. <laughs> but she, yeah, she, I mean, she talks about, you know, um, astrology some, but lots of people are into astrology. Yeah, it's just, uh, uh, with phrases like that, it's hard to believe that she's just a housekeeper. There's, uh, yeah, she says to him, yeah, th- she's a bad lady, you shouldn't, you, she's bad, she's not a good girl, you shouldn't have her in this house. I, I mean, I, I wouldn't want her in, in this house, I wouldn't, it's a very scary child. A lot, uh, I, uh, I have so much empathy for, uh, Barbara, because Barbara. She, because she gets knocked around like a fucking rag doll in this movie. She gets right. Uh, oh right, right. okay. Let's, so yeah, she really does. I mean, she she's already bound to her wheelchair with her, you know, her spinal energy af- injury after injury. being inadvertently shot by her daughter. So mom and Katie are going ice skating at the mall. Oh, the ice skating. And this place is real. I I mean, it's a it's a really it's a real mall in Atlanta that has all this that has the ice skating and everything. Yeah, it's so a huge it's a huge rink. And John Houston shows up to the mall with his theme music. Yeah. Oh, and all these dudes are kind of messing with Katie as she's trying to skate. Yeah. And she's just giving it right back. She pushes she pushes them down while she's skating, and then the two last guy, you know, she pushes everyone down until they're they can't skate anymore and they have to leave. And then there's down to two guys that are fucking with her. So she holds onto their arms and she just spins the shit out of them. Let's go of the guy's arms. And then they fly to the rink and go through windows and it's all kinds of gnarly. 
She just fu- she's just fucking shit all up. Yeah, and she she doesn't like anybody screwing with her fucking life. She's just trying to skate and have a good time and also destroy her mother. But uh, yeah, it's, it's they have no idea who they're fucking with. Mm-hmm. Oh, so I think this is when um. Do you have anything else, babe? Yeah, uh, go ahead. Uh, no, I don't. This no. is when John Houston shows up the house when um, Lance Henriksen and Barbara are about to, um, they're going to go to like a party. Oh, yeah. And then John Houston shows up and says, oh, he's the babysitter from the agency. So Lance is, is creeped out, as he should be since he's an old man. And then they have uh, they have that weird conversation, Barbara and Lance, in the, um, in the car. Yeah. He's like, yeah, that's got to be the oldest babysitter I've ever seen. You don't think he's a child molester, do you? And then the real weird then, fucking line that she says. And then I'm says, like, okay, but you all, you still, you still left her with, with him, and now you're asking. And now you're questioning whether or not, it, it, well, in a di- in a different movie from five years previous, directed by another child molester, <laughs> he was in Chinatown, but not in this movie. I mean, not supposedly in this movie. He just wants to capture your child and bring her back, bring him back to his planet. Yeah, so Barbara says, oh, it's okay. The agency screens their sitters very well. Besides, aren't you, and I quote, a, a cripple molester. <laughs> ew! Ew! A, ew! A! And he says... No. Yeah, and he says, I would be if you gave me a chance. Ew! What the Okay, when you say the word molester, it's, it's implying, at least, that there's no consent involved. It's actually, it comes from, I believe, Latin, because molestar in Spanish means to bother. Oh, okay. Well, then I've just been doing that to you a whole bunch for the past eight years. <laughs> yeah, bother. you are literally that. a cripple molester. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. I'm not a proud one. Uh, <laughs> a proud clipper, uh, cripple molesto. Let me get that clean and clear. I'm a proud cripple molester. See? Now I can add that in. Make that a joke. This, is, this is this is going bad. No, no, but uh, I I didn't like that because just yeah, you don't uh, when when you say molester, I think you know you're doing it to yeah again to like say hey I uh, I'm doing this without your consent, you know because consent is involved. Uh, it's just really disgusting. And yeah, you don't sc- uh, yeah people screen their fucking shit, but hey. He's not from the fucking agencies. Just you just assumed. He said he was. He said he was. And okay. You just believed Congratulations. Him. You believe John Houston when he says he's uh he's uh he's from the babysitting club. Jesus Christ. <laughs> that's not that's not cool. I'm I'm a babysitter from an agency. You believe me? Look at my beard. I'm old. I won't do anything to your child. Fucking But he child. does. But he does. He uh, questions it. And yeah, he, he's like kind of hypnotizing her or something he's, to get her to remember the Satine stuff is what it seems like. To dig down to see if there's any, uh, see if it, if it's genuine, if it's the real, if she's the real Oh, he's deal. like, yeah, you remember another time and place with bloody blah Yeah, and because you don't want to just, you know, become a babysitter to a, just a random, but yeah, exactly. But uh, and, and eventually they're play they they play pong with each other, yep. which is fucking weird. Katie, Katie loves to play pong, and she asks him. She's like, "You want to kill me?" Totally again nonchalant. Just nothing phases this kid. And then John Houston's just like, "No, I want to take you away." <laughs> <laughs> which is all, which is yeah. It's like, oh, that's much better. Weird old man. Uh, he's like, when my friends alive arrive, and so she cheats at pong, and he accuses her. He's like, ah, you cheated. You used your powers, and she's like, nope, I used a switch. 
Which is like, okay, you still cheated, though. No, you still cheated, and you gotta stop with... It's just amazing. And so her mother is wealthy enough that in 1979, or Raymond is wealthy. Well, he just bought a fucking the basketball team, so I guess he can fucking afford Pong because I don't think it's... Because it's 1979, Pong is very new. It didn't really become a thing thing until like... It, or super popular until I thought the early 80s. Well, let's and this take is a look. 70 and this is 79. So, I was I just uh I mean, I the only other time I've seen Pong in a movie that early on was uh, in a uh, in David Venture's Zodiac, one of my favorite probably my favorite David Fincher Okay, movie, so let's see. How much did Pong cost when it came out? The creator said when moving into the home market, they needed to make sure it was sold at a price people could afford. Which back then was fifty five bucks. Oh, that's not bad. Even for nineteen seventy eight, nineteen seventy nine, that's not bad. Fifty oh. bucks for it. That's. Well, this one says in nineteen seventy six it cost just under a hundred. Oh. So. Oh, that's Atari, which she apparently got an Atari as well. So. Gosh darn! I mean, she gets a gun. She gets an Atari. She plays Pong all the time. What a fucking! I mean, she's able to fucking halfway, you know. She can murder her mom and more or less okay, get away PC with it. Okay, PC World agrees with the first thing, said it costs 55 bucks. Yeah, okay. Well, that's certainly something. <laughs> the more you know. Okie doke. So, let's see. Um. Oh, and then Katie tells John Houston, he's like, you know, go back to wherever you came from. This world is not for you. <laughs> now, do you think, uh, yeah, do you think that that is, do you think that she knows that he's, a uh, alien uh, from also an alien world, or is he just she just thinking? Oh, he's just an old. Man. Oh, I have no, I have no idea what she knows or thinks. It's it doesn't really give us a lot of information on that. But where um, where Barbara and Raymond, Mister Hen Henriksen, where they went was um. They, they, yeah, they went to some big you know fancy posh dinner, and he says he can't wait to marry her later, sort of thing. And then um, after the. The scene with um, John and Katie. You know, Barb is pissed since she doesn't want to get remarried for no. whatever reasons are her own. Yeah. Um, oh, and then she, yeah, when she gets home, she finds a letter that Katie wrote telling her to just marry Raymond <laughs> and she's selfish. You're selfish. <laughs> this is so fucking insane. And then, yeah, and then Raymond calls the house and Katie's super stoked about it, but Barb is annoyed. And then, you know, Katie's like, oh, can I talk to him? And... Katie says on the phone, like, oh, you and mom could make love and I could have a baby brother. It's like, whoa, stay in your lane, kid. That is, no. And also, and also when you're, she, she get, at one point she gets on her mom while, uh, while they're in bed together and says, I really want a baby brother. And she, when they pick up the, and she picks up, she picks up the phone, Barbara picks up the phone and talks to Raymond and she is really, really super close to her mom like more or less demanding wouldn't it be great if i had a baby brother wouldn't it be awesome wouldn't it be fantastic and yeah right or did i or did i not just go over yeah that you went over that i'm just all right you're just reiterating shit man yeah but that is it just i found i found it to be pushy i found it to be wrong i don't i would never do that to my mom if i was a child i you know you probably wouldn't want to do that it's like to yours either but yeah it's it's not cool so Lance is back at another meeting with the Navy suit guys, um, and that is 
to say navy blue suits. They're not dressed like they're in the navy. No. Um, but another bonkers um, score is playing. Um, so he's getting fired from Barbara Boning and says, you know, the, one of the board members says, you know, a more efficient method has been chosen because their whole goal was to get her pregnant with a boy. Yeah. So Barbara, she's at the airport for some reason. Is this where she's at the airport? Yeah, for some she reason? is. Uh, and we don't know why. Yeah, I, th I thought to, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not really sure. There are sequences in this where it doesn't really explain shit. I don't it love feels it. like there's. It seems like it was, it's, the, some of the scenes are out of order or something, or if they have background scenes that make them make sense, those scenes were cut. Yeah, that, uh, let, it feels like there were shit, that, uh, that there were deleted scenes that just didn't make it in. Because there's some jumping around, it does. It feels like an yeah. It doesn't make any goddamn. There's moments where it doesn't really make any sense. That's why I was so confused. Uh, I I didn't understand. Uh, I didn't understand the narrative through some spots. We just, yeah, some parts were really confusing. We just drop off. I mean, we don't even hang out with Glenn Ford, the detective anymore. After after his car crash, we maybe he's dead. Just fucking he stop seeing. We just stop seeing him. And he, he's supposedly, it, we're supposed to feel for him. It's really, yeah, anyway. Yeah, it's very abrupt. Um, uh, oh, okay, and she sees her doctor. I guess, it, was it her doctor that helped her with her spinal? Um, he's there at the airport for some reason. Um, Katie is lost, but then they find her. And the doctor says, oh, why don't you guys come to my place? And Katie's all for it, but Barbara is not into it. Yeah. So they're on their way home. They get into Barbara's car, which stalls. And then there's a truck with um, really bright lights behind them, and we and think this it's going to just completely bum rush them, but then it goes past because that freaks Barbara out. But Katie, again. And they both stop, and uh, they more or less, uh, and, she, and the, she calls up the tow trucking people and says, yeah, I'm stuck here. I can't. I got to get somebody. And they say, oh, it'll be here in 30 minutes. And they're like, okay. And uh, she has a car phone, yeah. Well, Raymond's a very wealthy dude, and well, how do you know it's all his money? Like, they're not even married. Oh, you're you're right, but you know, yeah, I'm just wondering where she got her arrest uh, for money if not from the guy who she's dating who bought a fucking basketball team or bought a basketball team. It could have been inherited, they you're right. really don't go into that, that. They don't really, they really don't. There's no backlog to that yeah but she supposedly is she supposedly passes out uh katie is aware of this entire thing and they br and out of the um out of the truck come these uh come these people who take her into the back of the truck to more or less like yeah with, the, with these like dudes that look like in they're like in uniforms that look like football uniforms it's really weird yeah it's really fucking creepy and uh they Take her in the back of the fucking truck and more or less kind of inseminate her. That's that's the vibe. That that's more or less what they did. You know, right, um, like inseminate her without her and, knowing. And Katie goes right. in too. She just Katie is in Barbara's wheelchair and she just wheels herself into the back of the truck. Like, okay, this is what's happening now. Yeah. Whatever. Okay, fine. I guess I'm doing that. Whatever can get me and whatever can get uh, Katie another brother. Jesus Christ, this is fucking terrifying. And and then it. I don't know how long the procedure would go, yeah, especially since, and we also, a time is a weird fucking thing in this movie too, yeah, it is. because we don't know exactly what, 
We just we don't know. We know the sequence of events, but it uh, we don't know how quickly all of this does in succession because uh, we don't know when the uh, yeah I mean when she actually how long it takes because she gets supposed she gets inseminated and then the two tow truck drivers who are supposed to help her out with her own car do show up, but we don't know if it's been thirty minutes or if they stopped time or uh, uh, while they were trying to inseminate her in that fucking back of that fucking truck or not. And that yeah, because Barbara's back in her car, she's uncon- unconscious, and Katie's just chilling in the backseat as well. Yeah. So yeah, we don't we have no idea what the time um, time frame was. Yeah. Anyway. Um. Uh, it's uh, it's it. They don't. It, it's really it's really disgusting and uh, terrible what they terrible about what they do. And uh, oh yeah, and she goes to see her at. Um, that's well. At first, remember, um, John Houston shows up to Barbara's house and says like, um, this can you know she she's all weird. This is I think when she get, starts to get freaked out. Um, he says, you know, this confusion comes to you from another time, another place. Last night you were taken by violence. You are pregnant. This child must never see the light of day. So this is when she's, she's like freaked out. She's just kind of spinning around in her wheelchair because like, like she's, um, super anxious, but she can't like really pace. So she's kind of doing wheelchair pacing. Um, and it's another montage with Katie at gymnastics practice for whatever reason. It's very strange. And that's when Barbara decides to drive to the hospital. Yeah, and see her first husband. Yes, Dr. Sam. And that's how she got, she divorced her first husband. That's why, she, where she might have gotten the cash or whatever. Maybe, or not, but he, I, don't I know. mean, he's working in what looks like a. He's like working a, in a shitty fucking hospital. He yeah, is Sam so, Peckinpah, and he is very. He's tired, he's drunk, he don't know jack shit. Yeah, this is a very overcrowded. Um, clinic type hospital yeah it doesn't even feel like a real hot it feels like a free some sort of like one step above a free clinic yeah it it, it doesn't even look like a hospital it looks like a rundown fucking warehouse with like enough fucking uh, rooms in it but uh yeah he uh she goes to him to try and get an abort like to get some sort of a, i thought it was to get an abortion if I'm yeah not yeah she she pretty much you know she she says um you know people are watching me evil people are doing things to me yeah and um, and it's uh, supposedly his uh, katie's biological father it's supposedly even though it's satine's inside katie it's uh that anyway but uh it, and, and Go ahead. Oh, just, and then we cut to um, Katie and Shelly Winters, and Katie's just like, oh, where's my old whipping boy at? And that's when Shelly smacks the shit out of her in the face and says, you will ask, where is my mother? Not, and I was, like, surprised. You're going to call your own mother a whip? I was like, whipping I boy? I had no idea. Maybe I thought she was talking about, like, a dog or, like, some sort of that's fucking... That's also terrible. That's also fucking terrible. But whipping boy, I was like, I don't... I wasn't in, we weren't introduced to any sort of whipping boy in this movie, so, oh, she's talking about her mother? That is fucked up, that is so fucking horrifying. Yeah. What a terrible Poor thing Barbara. to say to you. And it doesn't even feel like they're, she's from her mother's, lo- it, it, of course not, she's from, uh, it, she's, uh, she has the sin of Satine inside of her, the genes of Satine inside of her, and so she has that negative energy that she keeps on throwing at her mother, but, yeah, it's, 
Anyway. And so, and so, you know, Katie does ask, you know, find where is my mother. And then Chili Winters says something weird. She says, nothing. I've done nothing to protect her. Don't be alarmed. And, and that's then, like... Which is like, okay, what the fuck is happening here? What is your deal, But Dave? that is the opposite from, like, the first fucking li line of dialogue you said to the child, being so angry at her. Why would you say th that line, which implies that you don't even care about the mother... When you supposedly, it just, those are two diametrically opposed sentence uh, lines to say, one right after each other, to the child, to Katie, which is insane, but, uh, and yeah. Then, yeah, and this pisses Katie off, and Katie just goes, God damn you, tell me where she is! And then Shelly Winters just screams back at her, and the hawk is screaming, and it's all Does crazy, <laughs> crazy town. And then Shelly Winters says something like, you know, I had one of my own, and I know how to treat them. It's like, whoa, so you had a Satine baby, and you killed it or something? Or you're just talking about a regular kid, and that's how you, like a, a, a know, kid maybe. that is a jerk on a regular basis. We whether don't really or not, know, and we don't really find out. Yeah, no, we don't know whether or not Shelly Winters actually knows about uh, the Satine genes, or she's oh, just no, she, being... Oh, no, she does. She's, oh, she totally does. Working. Yeah, she does. she's totally working with Jersey. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot. Yeah. We found that at the very end. Yeah. that. But that was only at the end. But at that time, no, at, yeah, this at this particular time, point, we're not we really no sure. what her deal is. Again, a, a, another kind of flaw of this movie, as much as I love this movie, and I'm just going to still say this five-star movie, uh, this, I mean, it doesn't make any sense how because you're constantly questioning what are the motives are of these characters because it, it seems to... It doesn't seem like the uh, director had a, a grasp enough on, like, there are huge plot holes that I guess the director didn't give a fuck yeah, about. Yeah, parts of it are just kind holes. of all over the place. Character holes. So then, yeah. yeah, we cut back to Barbara and Sam Peck and Paul, and she says, you know, she tells him that she's pregnant, and he's a doctor, and he should abort it. And then Sam Peck and Paul, or, you know, his uh, dub actor says, you know, God, why does everything have to happen to you? First a wheelchair, now you want an abortion? All these problems started with Katie. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I wonder I wonder if there's anything you can do about that, Dr. Sam. Too late to abort Katie. Yeah, no, no. But, um, it's, it, it's, it's really, it's really sad. It, and... Uh, I just want to say one more thing about Shelley Winters. This is the most intense acting, loud acting I have seen of Shelley Winters ever. I, is just, uh, oh God, this is just anyway. But um, what what, what is what's, what's so? This next? is the part when um, remember Katie? Um, she's outside and she's run, She runs into that abandoned building and she's opening the doors with her mind. And John Houston is there with some of the bald guys. Yes, this chase sequence gets weird. Oh, and then Katie's like, um, yeah, this is just kind of an outside, out in the city chase sequence. And Katie, like, she's loosening the bolt on a fire escape with her mind. So it falls off the building, but it misses John Houston. Yeah. It's like, man, you could have killed lots of people with that nonsense. Yeah. Oh, and then they go into the, um, a, you know, a hall of mirrors, which is, you know, kind of just a usual movie. Yeah. Hall of mirrors chase scene where you know she just referencing him and lady she keeps, from shanghai and she, yeah, yeah and she keeps breaking the mirrors because it's not really him and it's like yeah that's how mirrors work and we've seen this in many movies many before movies, yes. uh, before and since yeah. yes it's uh and it, that it's well done it's it, it's really tough to pull off that i mean to uh, make it uh scary but it's a well done scene of uh, i i always type like that enjoy those scenes because of uh 
because I like seeing. I, I like how things are shot where you can't even see the fucking. Yeah, camera. I'm sure and they're a really, bitch to shoot. Yeah, which is really. I, no, they are. They're really yeah. tough to. Uh, they're really tough to do, especially with that many fucking that many. Mirrors. Yeah, but yeah, um, and yeah, she uh, it, she kind of breaks all of them by script. It tries yeah. to by trying to fucking find him. He doesn't. She doesn't fucking uh, capture him. Unfortunately. So then we cut back to Barbara at home. Um, Katie's hawk attacks her and just scratches the shit out of her face. Poor Barbara. So she gets she gets away from it and closes the door on it. And the fucking hawk, just like our cat, tries to turn the knob because it's one of those curvy knobs, not a round knob. Does just like our cat does this, like shaking the knob. And we're like, okay, sometimes animals are just too damn smart. They're thinking they can open doors and shit. And they did. And I they know. Can. Well, and then we see the doorknob slowly turns completely and opens, but it's not the hawk, it's Shelly Winters. <laughs> but Katie runs yeah. behind her and she's in the wheelchair. Oh, yeah, Katie runs behind Shelly Winters, kind of pushes her over, yeah. grabs Barbara's wheelchair, and she's running with it and just shoves her into, like, this giant aquarium or some kind of glass water feature. So we're like, fucking hey, dude, is she dead now? <laughs> it, it, and we do think... I, I thought she was dead for a second, <laughs> I, too. Yeah, I thought she was well. This is where we find out that, that Shelly Winters is working with John Houston. Yeah, and like, oh, okay, finally, thank you for some actual explanation. I mean, like, okay, well, that clears up some questions I had in my head. God damn it. But, you know, anyway, but the, um, she, uh, he, oh yeah, cost, uh, oh yeah, to thwart it, uh, he summons, you know, yeah, uh, oh, Katie's yeah, being examined, they're gonna send her to therapy. Oh yeah. And that, then we get all that weird shit where John Houston looks like he's blown, blown into the sky by some kind of glowing helipad or something. And the lights are dancing in the sky. It like you maybe you can explain that scene. Yeah, and just yeah. it. Uh, my my visuals. thought uh, my thought is that uh, it's a, ter- a certain type of UAP uh, UAP uh, UFO uh, that it is that that specialty is enough it, uh, enough light is shown because we see all these small little lights and they all uh, eventually turn into one big. A big uh, ball of light, mm-hmm. and I thought that enough of the big light, something would mater- uh, something would materialize afterwards, but it didn't necessarily happen that way. I was I kept on expecting a fucking a, a spaceship to show yeah. up or some sort of object to be on that fucking roof, other than just heavy lights throughout this entire thing. And I guess the light slash energy was so pow- uh, was there to communicate with him in some sort of way. I don't. I don't. I I don't. Ha- your guess is as good as mine. I, I, uh, and uh, 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 listeners, if you have a better idea yeah, after watching this movie, this. if you have uh, some like stuff like that, please email us at topnotchnonsensepod at gmail because we were confused by some of this shit about like this, and I tried to I tried to dig deep, and there wasn't a lot of information about about this moment but um it's anyway so then we're back at home barbara seems fine somehow i don't know how are you still alive i mean how are you not any other this is a hell of a strong fucking woman to go through all of this and this is before any more of the other fucking damage happens to her 
which eventually happens to her. But I don't know how you don't, like, just... All right, you... Katie, you are now grounded for the rest of, like, five years. I'm going to lock you in our... In your room for... Until you're fucking 18. Because if I, after all this fucking horseshit, I do... I dole out some... A certain amount of fucking punishment. It doesn't feel like Katie got any fucking punishment for how she treats her mother or any of that shit. Well, okay, so Barbara seems fine. Katie is playing Pong again. She really loves her Pong. Yeah. And she's talking to her mom, but she doesn't turn around. She just says it with her back toward her. Says, you know, why are you so scared of me, Mommy, and left me in that terrible place? Shut up. It's like, what do you think, dude? Um, then she does turn around, and she, she has all the, the flying lights in her face, which, which is really weird. And then she drags her mom by the hair up the stairs, and then she starts dragging her by her feet, because I guess that's easier. Yeah, up the stairs, then just kind of drops her and puts her in the wheelchair lift, and she's all bloody. And then Lance Henriksen, he comes he comes over, and he um, wraps a wire around Barbara's neck and wraps the other end of the wire around the banister and then sends her down, down the, the chair stairs. lift, which is uh, just a really elaborate way to strangle, strangle somebody. It's very convoluted. I mean, not, not that you want it to be... I mean, but yeah, very convoluted, very complicated to do do it that particular way you could just but ugh. It, it, and it's really sad we've seen I her fucking get Barbara. shot we've seen her get fucking raped by aliens and fucking and tortured by her child tortured and shot by her child she ha- she goes she to her ex-husband's she, she gets an abortion she's um fucking face attacked by a hawk um she gets fucking pushed into an aquarium and now she gets you know cheerlift strangled by her boyfriend another 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 thing is is that if sam if dr sam peckinpah can uh abort a alien fetus it is he aborting an alien fetus the same way he would abort a human fetus if it's has well i imagine so if it's a similar size and it's in the same type of place yeah i know but uh, my question was and this is a very strange question and i guess it kind of answers it but can you i guess you abort an alien fetus the same way you abort a child fetus so there isn't like any special alien i mean the special way to you know, get rid of an alien baby rather than a regular baby. I guess that would depend on the anatomy, sweetie. Yeah, or, or you know, I just... If, if Satine genes can give young children the power of telekinesis and to uh, materialize things that are not there... Well, do you think they can do that as zygotes? I, that, that's... Yeah, I don't... That, that, again, just, again, listeners, please send in... They just your... push away the cutterage so it doesn't get near them. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But uh, that just uh, just another wonderful question asked about, uh, you know, are you fine with aborting alien babies rather than regular ones? Yeah, so then we see the, the bird, uh, um, kind of the bird shadows, and it looks like there's UFOs or something. It's super windy, and the house is shaking, and birds are taking over the house. Um, one of the birds cuts the uh, strangulation wire and lets Barb go. Which is nice, um, and then the the birds, all all these birds. What kind of birds were they? They, they felt like very angry pigeons. I mean, they not yeah pigeons, yeah angry like... ass pigeons, and they attack Katie. One stab stabs Lance Henriksen in the throat with its long ass beak. Uh, John Houston shows up. Apparently, Barbara's still not dead. Yeah, and, and supposedly, what I read about this is that it's John. Houston's birds that that, that, that come in, to, and that's why they save Barbara 
That's why they go after, uh, uh, eventually poke at Katie and kill her. Yeah, the birds also the go end. after the Navy suit board. Except for the black dude who serves drinks. They let him go. Yeah, because well, because they're woke. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> because those birds are woke. Um, but it's just, I, it, 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 it's real, and it's real, the, um, the, the sound design for these fucking birds is really, anno- it's yeah. really fucking creepy. It's Pendereki-esque about, like, the, the sound, the intense sound of the, and for fucking, like, it feels like a long time, but it was probably only, like, four or five minutes, but it's, like, consistent it longer, for yes. a long it's so it's so consistent for such a long time because it's uh, it doesn't really it doesn't stop at all. Anyway, so they in some uh, they yeah thwart pay, uh, Katie and uh, and kill Raymond. They more or less kill the birds. Kill Raymond, which is you know ni- uh, nice, I guess, since he was working with like boardroom satanists mm-hmm. but i don't like that they say that uh, wikipedia says that they're satanists no 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 that is i don't as a self-proclaimed satanist i'm not talking about they're not real they're just yeah um so at the the very last scene is john houston is back with a creepy blonde dude and all the bald kids so they're kids again unless they're different from the bald adults who he had on earth I'm not sure. I don't on know. On whatever planet they were on. And Katie is one of the bald kids now and gives him a great big hug and she's happy Yay. on the planet on which she belongs, apparently. Woo! Yay! There Isn't we that go. wonderful? Isn't that great? Okay, and uh, now we'll do... Um, oh, Lord. Our, <laughs> yeah. Now we're going to do uh, our special, uh, our special segment called... Special. T- yes, it's special to me. Um... This is called Notes Out of Context. This segment is where I read off uh, my notes out of context about the movie that we watched, The Visitor from 1979. I have terrible handwriting, and I also have trouble reading my terrible handwriting, so this should be... You, uh, filled with uh, a certain amount of humor, is what I'd like to say. Michael J. Paradise? That's the director I want. The sun is in John Huston's eyes and coming out the other, uh, out the distance. A clothed, uh, clothed man and now an exploding uh, piece of air. A standoff. What reason, uh, what what dimension are we in? Oh shit, it's a little girl with weird snow eyes and disappearing into nothing. And now John Houston and a blonde fucker stealing a, telling a story. Satin! Hey, captive, blonde, tuckered Satine and scrap being my hiding place on Earth in... Which defines the teen? Ooh, are you a weird narrator talking to these bald children? Translating weird spirit? Spend? Have I exposed what this mean? What this means? Oh, John Houston is walking into this weird group of bald-headed children. The name, her name is Katie Cullen, and she's eight years old, and the disco music comes in waves, baby! 
Ooh, yeah, basketball game, and it's the wild music. Is it too much? You're goddamn right it is. Man, main man is looking frantic. Little girl walking into and onto the court. Oh. Owner of the Atlanta... What what were the... It was the Atlanta... Rebels. <laughs> the Atlanta Rebels, yeah. Which is not a woke team name. Yeah, no, no. It makes a lot more... It makes a lot of sense. What you gonna do? Oh, my. Open the checkbook. Money comes from from God. Abdul his clown face. Abdul the clown face? That doesn't make any sense. Storming... A, starring a basketball player, Pumpkin Eye. Or does Katie have the power to uh, to make sure that who wins the game? Explosion! Explosion in the bedroom! Ooh! It says burp here, and I just decided to burp. Uh, talking about this is, is his wife-slash-girlfriend-slash-mistress. I can't marry you. I'm... A half of a dickhead. Oh, shit. There's the talkies. Oh, he's a male-oriented jackass. There's something with uh, wrong with Katie. I don't want any more children, Raymond. Playing, ping, uh, playing Pong with who you deserve to play Pong with. Ooh, that lobster is asleep. You don't love me, mother. I'm tired of it. House is too big. She wants a brother, a lot of company pain from Weirdo Katie. John Houston has arrived. Visitor. Uh, the flight of birds walking through Kudos Town. What balls are these? John Houston at the top of a building with a... With a bald man? Oh my gosh, the music is very cod. These bald, late farts are his minions. Oh, he's at a, a jury spot. Raymond is sure meeting the master's home. Ooh, the Illuminati is coming to fucking murder a child. They want that child, that Illuminati, guys. Central... Katie meter, oh my gosh, Barbara, get out of the way. There's uh, there's some very sensuous matter in this scene right here. Not ex uh, not understanding empathy is one of Katie's perks. Barbara is a is a word uh, a word of authority to no one. <laughs> she actually she was able to give birth to the to the children of Supermash. Uh, uh, that have supernatural abilities. The the genes of Satine assigned to you. We're another child. She wants another child for Ka that for Katie. Absolute power censorship. Words in the birthday party. Are you happy with? Blow out the candles. Ooh, pretty birthday girl going to the butthole town. Oh Jesus, that's not good. And Katie notes John Houston talking to the grave out of. Uh, taking the gun out of a gift box and pointing it at the bird first, then at the turns, oh my gosh, shooting mommy, and then throws the gun and hits the table. The gun goes off, and now it hits her abdomen. Now in the hospital? Oh, secret bad hospital. Atlanta police know how to fuck up. Oh my gosh, the hose down and find out Katie's fishing with those birds. Where are they drugging her? Bland 
selling things while she was ugly. Doctor with the weird cans. Oh my gosh. Spinal canal. It hurt her spinal canal. Aerobics is one of the coolest things that Katie can do. Double double threat with her pen pal. Perfect on the Adonis day. Oh, she didn't die because she wanted to be able to walk anymore. More of a demon child. The bird of an atom of drug... Uh, of drug paranoia. Oh, she's talking to the investigators. Everyone in it, the caretaker will help. The char going up and down. I bet you have a leader like me. Katie is a comp uh, is a Capricorn. Ooh, that's not good. John Houston talking to his minions. A feral band saps at the bear town. Oh, God, that doesn't make any sense. She's getting a smacking coming to her face she isn't if she isn't careful cop is following the school bus and finds katie go fuck yourself oh my gosh just a minute here don't say go fuck yourself to a cop that's gonna not go well i don't like you you are a child you are a child molester <laughs> is he a child molester i bet you do dirty things to children Oh, God, that's that was a phrase. I bet you do dirty things to children. That was in the fucking movie. Woman about you, warned about you. Warthog, smarter than all of you. You better write it down right up to, right up the your ass. <laughs> a real doozy. No maturity. Kids remind me of... Kid reminds me of Reagan from The Exorcist. And she kind of did kind of remind mm -hmm. me of because of her fucking... Of her abusive language. Um, good, it could happen. That bug, uh, bug, that bugs me, man. John Houston, look as, uh, looking at his adult corduroys. Oh, that was weird. Oh, shit. Of evidence on the on the roof. Police officer, me continue in the seventh home. Strangeness in the bird attacks. Something is. Freaky with a plastic talking bird and the back of the car with the phased meta down birds. Another actual bird is going to attack you and the car and he's a he-man and the motor guests and the crocodiles onto the soccer field. Soccer, soccer players are coming towards him and with the fucking and the butt and the everybody has his butt and explodes the... Carrie's Shelley unit swinging time. Why such a strange door? Question. Maybe now you don't can't resist the shingles. Will feel my own blood. Make you don't want to play with the with the Western of end times. Oh shit! Our chambers, our chambers are our fate. Ward, ward off the irreplaceable ones of sat. Uh, oh. Uh, ward off the irrefutable of of Saturn of suffering egons and then give it to me the bed all to the onto the mall or to the daughter over her other way skating and looking at the century John on her way home skating and looking at the oh yeah John Houston looking dawn at hers the music is coming secret times she seems to fuck with the other street skaters saturn satines satines jeans make sure these boys get the punishment they deserve onto these holding hands then letting go into what great form i'm the body john houston 
cheesy Christ figure with the great form. I'm the babysitter. Oh my gosh. Don't know your bun. Don't know the babysitters you like to talk to. Don't think of a child. Uh, oh, he's not, hopefully he's not a child molester. Ooh, uh, a cat molester. Oh, a cripple molester is not very cool to say out loud. Can tankerous of a child uh, of a man gave me a chance wonderful surprise for your eyes close your eyes then satine supporters and the introduction to mary i don't want to kill you i just want to take you with me to the when the time comes friend arrives you use the Sundry, go back to the sundry. Oh my gosh, my freedom. I don't need anybody because she's in a wheelchair. $15 for babysitting. Oh yeah, it was $15. That was the fucking amount of money. Jesus. Oh gosh. Baby brother, take the prowl. SF business, you're not all the old men on the table. She's too strong for you. Efficiently metered, but she's been on the chest. Well, yes, of course. Katie's engine has a strange pleasure to see her off suffer. Katie and I will. Oh shit. Company, he died. Say fuckoid was with the light press presses on that insane car. Strolled onto the red. It tucks with the bad boy. She lacks sound of the trunk. An unstable reference to the exposed and creepy men come out of the truck and take the problem and take her body away in the truck. Weird surgery. Hey, man, they're going to have crazy notes. Take this for yourself. It's going to pick up the crazy-ass drunken town, a landing pad on the roof. You know, when John, where John Houston wants the music in this is so strangely orchestrated with, uh, with the images. John Houston seeing bulbous beyond human knowledge, knowledge, unspeakable evil, your key to their power, dragged bathroom and a scream time for an abdomen suggest Houston during the time in her home with the wheelchair, double to be backed in the Carson in the hospital, you can skip to be here on the white. Four ice cards in a in a weird deceit spot. I need to drink. Hits the bear what this all about. European spasm of days old. His first husband's child. Where's my, wimp, where's my whipping boy? Starts to smack the girl and say shit. Oh my gosh. So you pregnant man. You rape baby. That's not a good time. I want to see about what the doors did her do- did to her doors. This is a different hospital. Different uh, different time. John Houston and his illness creepy bold charade in a chic skin covering she made the outdoor brother fall with her and nothing gets anything but that john houston trash an abandoned strip club can also feel like an uh, a time to look at mirrors oh my gosh katie versus john houston in a house full of mirrors who's gonna make the town for all of us sad shit sucking might come out of the shadows bird attacks her gemmas got rejected bad open the opening of the door shelly writes opposite katie and uh, and barbara into the aquarium oh yeah she throw i forgot we fucking forgot to mention this when she throws barb pushes barbara into her own fucking like into her own aquarium spot. They she fucking pushes 
her wheelchair into the fucking aqua- uh, like aquarium, small aquarium she had in her fucking home, in that fucking massive home. Remember that, uh, of all the fishes in that small, like, stand-up aquarium, and she just gets, thro- Barbara just gets thrown into it? I mentioned that twice. Oh, you did? Oh, fuck. I'm, I already fucking forgot. It is sad. Just She's gone through a lot, that uh, uh, Barbara has. Oh, sparked metal hospital. John Houston looking over his flight deck on the roof. Flown best and advertised. Watching UFOs in the scar. Barbara, don't go near Katie and Pong. That's all over now. UFO lights on Katie's face before she takes her up the stairs. Leonard and pushes her down again. Then she... Uh, then Katie claps and then puts her back up the elevator. Lance Hendrickson is at her neck the way w- with that wire. You know, meanwhile, UFO bad imagery. Satine turns into a bad thing and then it goes into the earthquake shit. Why are birds everywhere? Are they going to help Barbara? Oh my gosh, the birds do help Barbara. Birds should kill that Katie. Real surrealistic. Wasn't sure what the... Uh, what. Uh, what I was watching at this point, John Houston uh, also is commanding the birds, I guess. Barbara is still alive. Birds are over Katie's fucking face. Birds killed the body who wanted bourbon inseminated. Ew. Back in another uh, dimension, you can't hold... Oh, you can't, uh, you can't kill children. Only their evil part. Remember that at the end oh, of that yeah. movie? It's so fucking weird because it's... Assu- uh, so you're assuming that all people... all uh, Not all children, but children with... It, the Satine genes are the evil part of the child, supposedly. Mm-hmm. Is that what we're saying? Because apparently uh, or we can't ch- kill a child. We can only kill the evil part of the child, which is inside the child. Which, you know... The, it, do it, In doing that, you might still kill the child. Anyway, it's... It, uh, uh, final thoughts before we get to our next movie. This was fucking it's bad pretty shit. bad shit. Yeah. This is it, please watch this. Don't take yeah, our sure. word. Yeah, please, check it out. This is sub, uh, uh, plenty of other episodes. You, uh, we don't always recommend the movies. This is one we can definitely recommend to definitely get high to. Just oh, yeah. watch. Uh, uh, take a handful of edibles and go. Well, depending on your tolerance. Uh, of course, depending on your yes, yeah, exactly. No, no, I I usually go with thirty milligrams is the most I fucking do for one uh, if I want an experience. But um, you know your tolerance, people out there. Anyway, um, the next movie we're talking about isn't as fun. It's really not. Uh, it's it's a uh, it's known as the Ninth Configuration. It came uh, it uh, came out. A year later, in February, actually just a couple of months later, in February of 1980. So the previous movie was in September of 79. This is in February of 80. And what you could also see in in February of 1980 at the movie theaters are movies like Caligula. Oh, shit. The original Caligula was released this month. Uh... Police Python 357, one of the best fucking French action movies of all time, or at least according to me. Uh, A movie called Fatso. I'm not happy about it, but that's what the movie's called. Uh, Night of the Demon, American Gigolo, also came out this year with Richard Gere. Um, 
The Boys Who Drank Too Much is a movie that came out that we probably should write, probably should do for the pod. Hmm. The Boys Who Drank Too Much sounds very after-school special. I'm into that. Uh, oh, John Carpenter's The Fog came out this month. Um, another movie I want to do for the pod, it's called S-H-E. Security Hazards Expert. And it's a lady. Uh, it's known as She... Security hazards expert. Um, oh shit! You know who the boy who drank too much is? What? Scott Bale. Oh, we gotta watch it then. He's we gotta fifteen, see it. a star athlete, and an alcoholic. Oh yeah, you fuck it. yeah! We gotta it's do that cool, one, baby. Yeah. We gotta just find the the perfect thing to pair that shit with. But yeah, cruising also came out this month. Oy. I love cruising. Oh, gay panic and gay frustration and. Uh, uh, and you know, opening to the new ideas of being a gay and being okay with being a gay man, and oh yeah, and a, it's a serial killer, and oh my gosh, and Friedkin doing his freaking thing, Friedkin doing his freak thing. Anyway, uh, there's a great movie. Uh, there's a movie called Saturn Three, and then there's a movie that I want to show you called Foxes, which is. Um, Similar in tone to Little Darlings that I want to show mm. you. And then there's a horror movie called Don't Answer the Phone. But uh, this, um, yeah, he, William Peter Blatty, who directed this, considers this movie to be the actual sequel to 1973's The Exorcist. In fact, when the, uh, when it, it's not cleared up in this movie, but I read a whole bunch about this, when Reagan says... Um, when she goes down the stairs and says, you're going to die up there, she is saying that to one of the actors in The Exorcist, who is, um, who's also in this movie as the astronaut. It's the same actor. So when she says, you're going to die up there, she's talking about you're going to die in space. And that is referencing the fucking imagery in this movie where there's an astronaut being confronted with Jesus on the fucking cross uh, on the moon. That's that's funny because um, the IMDb trivia says the astronaut cannot be the same astronaut as the first Exorcist movie as the timing does not work. Yeah, it doesn't work. The movie work. is set as stated at the start of the film during the end of the Vietnam War, which ended for the U.S. in January of 1973. The third Exorcist movie states the first movie took place in 1975. The war was over by then. There is no way the astronaut told he'd die in space in 1975 when the war is over could go to the castle asylum during the last days of the Vietnam War. Well, okay. Well, then I guess I got that wrong. I'm sorry. I, I, uh, uh, then we got some competing information because... Uh, uh, also, the astronaut in this film is named Billy Cutshaw. The astronaut in The Exorcist is never named and is played by a different actor. Yeah, it's played by a different actor. But um, but it's a cute theory. It's a it's a wonderful theory that I'd like to still believe in. Um, no, <laughs> but uh, he it, and the film was partially funded by Pepsi, and yeah. uh, they wanted to they uh, both Pepsi and. The director both had like things that they were willing to do concessions or things that they would want to do in their contract and they wanted to make sure you know Pepsi wanted to make sure that the film was shot in Budapest and it is and uh, but Blatty didn't want to have any product placement but they still there's still a uh, 
Pepsi machine, soda machine mm-hmm. in the in the in the movie. Um, and uh, it's 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 weird that this strange of a movie was funded by yeah, Pepsi of all the fucking of all the things. There's uh, this movie is packed with really great. A- Both these movies are packed with really great character actors. John Miller, who's in the Exorcist as uh, F- Father Karras, is in this as a completely diff- uh, different character, and uh, that uh, that's pretty cool. It uh, the opening of this movie kind of rem- reminded me of. Um, Kind of, uh, kind of reminded me of uh, the Dirtiest Dozen and the uh, and more or Guns of, Guns of the Navron, like uh, the very very beginning, especially reminded me of the Dirty Dozen of like guys on a mission. They're about to be in a mission, but they're stuck in one place. Uh, but they're stuck in one place, and they're all a bunch of misfits. Now we have a whole bunch of in this movie. They're all they're nothing but fucking uh, nothing but uh, m- Matt. Uh, mad uh insane guys just uh not insane guys but just a lot of people who went who snapped after Viet- after the vietnam war and they're saying it's the pacific northwest but n- yeah, they did it, it did not, not look, look like, like seattle at all and also look it's like, a freaking castle are there a lot of castles in that area no there's no i can't i i've been i've only been to washington once and i haven't been to i've only been to certain parts of oregon but when uh, but when we open up on that shot uh, when we have that opening shot of that of the uh castle of the mansion it, uh, it look it doesn't look anything no. like any part of the Pacific Northwest. It is a very different hills. You can tell that this was shot in uh, in Europe, some in Budapest or Hungary when you when I find it out. But uh, I was thinking Germany. I was close, but I yeah, yeah I guess Budapest. Budapest. Yeah, and uh, just so you know, in- insanely enough, this movie won a Golden Globe for best original screenplay. Nice, which is awesome. But. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it yeah. Let's 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 uh, let's uh, and this movie is also filled with so many great lines and quotes and one-offs because yeah, dude, some of the lines in this are just bonkers. Yeah, I don't see how any. Uh, yeah, of course, of course, you want a Golden Globe. All these lines, uh, the lines that all of these mental uh, th- that all of these mental uh, people. People, Ugh, no, the mental yeah, patients, patients, not men, uh, mental people, mental patient people, uh, say into the fucking camera are some of the most batshit insane things. And there isn't a lot of uh, plot to this movie. It's especially basically, in the first half. Especially the first half, we basically have it. it it's basically you know uh, a doctor come has to comes to terms with his past. And uh, with his own uh, PTSD about the Vietnam War, while still trying to treat other, uh, while still trying to treat other mental patients, and uh, with something that scarred him his entire life because he's having bad dreams. But yeah, let's get into this. The movie is called The Ninth Configuration. Um, and uh, yeah, we. Uh, and there's a narrator at the very beginning of this that kind of opens up and says, this is the Pacific Northwest. And we're like, that's, no, well, no, we are not, no, you're wrong. That's that's bullshit. And, you know, it's used by the U.S. government 
as an insane asylum for the military personnel. And uh, there's a former astronaut who aborted a moon launch and all sorts of shit in there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, let's let's start at the beginning. But uh, where it, yeah. But uh, yeah. Where was the uh, the the anyway? So let's uh, let's start at the beginning. What do you have as the? Sorry, just whenever, fuckers. I'll edit some of this shit. But um, what do I have? Yeah, at the very beginning. What do you have? I okay. At the very beginning, I have what the fuck is this sad song in the rain? As it turns out, it's a song called San Antonio. Oh yeah, Denny, I love that song. We love that song. Denny Brooks, yeah. and it was also used as the main title theme for Rolling Thunder. three years uh, earlier Um, and then I'm like okay so giant moon with a rocket in front of it this guy's an astronaut in the past he's a pastronaut now (laughs) you said that's great Uh, now military crap what is this place and then one of the characters says what country is this and another character says the Bronx so I'm like oh good they don't know where the fuck this is either (laughs) they don't uh, and uh, we have we have actors that like Stacy Keach, Scott Wilson, Jason Miller, and of course Ed Flanders. <laughs> of course, and, and Robert Loja. And uh, Robert Loja, who does blackface and sings Al Jolson during a fucking scene. We have a black man who dresses up like Superman with a large N on his chest instead of an S. And continues to call himself Superman. We're go- I'm jumping all over the place because it's basically yeah, that's a similar kind of thing. Kind of movie this is. Well, because a, it's the kind of thing, and there isn't really much a lot to the plot. There isn't really a through narrative. No. Yeah, we uh, we have yeah. It's almost Colonel... kind of a character study for the for the first part of it. Yeah, it's um, and uh, they were yeah two actors, Stacy Keach and Scott Wilson, were last minute. Replacements for Nicole Williamson and Michael Moriarty. Uh, uh, Nicole Williamson uh, had uh, had like some sort of actual break and didn't want to do the fucking movie and just snapped and just just fucking went crazy and just didn't want to do it. And so they brought in Stacy Keach, which is an insane thing to think about. Yeah, it's um, uh, Joe Spinelli. Uh, Joe Spinelli, who is. Uh, Sorry, yeah, Joe Spinell, not Joe Spinelli. Joe Spinell is in this movie. I really love Joe Spinell. He's been in, like, every major uh, uh, man movie of the 1970s. He was in both Godfathers. He was in, like, freaking Taxi Driver. He's in Stay Hungry with Arnold Schwarzenegger. He's in Rocky. He's in, you know, Sorcerer. He's in a whole bunch of, like, really iconic big 1970s in early 1980s movies. He plays the main maniac in 1980s Maniac, which is a really great movie. Uh, he's in uh, a movie called Nighthawks with Sly again. He's in a movie called Melvin and Howard. He, uh, he just was a really unique and interesting uh, character actor that not a lot of, that I don't think ever got his uh, due, but he's in so much fucking shit. Um, the movie is based on his first, uh, on William Peter Blatty's novel, Twinkle Twinkle Killer Kane, exclamation point. It was first published in 1966. He readapted it in 19, uh, he readapted the book and re kind of organized the book, uh, and called it the, the ninth configuration in 1978. 
he's um, into the uh, yeah. When I, so there's uh, there's a whole bunch of stuff. We basically open on guy. We're we're assuming that that uh, that Stacy Keach is a legitimate doctor, but we find out later that he's actually one of the patients, and he has to adhere and try to help these mental patients with their PTSD and they are gone they are they are wandering the entire grounds they're just saying random shit well we find out that um yeah it's the last days of the Vietnam war and these guys are vets who apparently have mental issues when they didn't before and the government thinks that some of them might be faking so they put them in this facility to sort of weed out the fakers yeah <laughs> i get i guess which is kind of shitty it was very yeah, fairly shitty there. And he shows up, and we think, um, yeah, Stacy Keach as the what we think is the psychiatrist shows up, and there's this guy in charge who's you know has them all lined up, you know, all the patients lined up outside, and he's just saying gnarly shit, dude. He's calling them yellow smartass college pricks, and he's saying, yeah, this guy's coming. He's the greatest fucking psychiatrist since Jung. And that's how I pronounce it. <laughs> Did I, that piss you off or make you laugh? I uh, a little like bit of both. And is it the same guy? Somebody at some point says something like, uh, stick a pineapple up your ass and pretend you're Hawaiian. These people are just saying crazy, crazy <laughs> lines. It's like, how do you even write lines like that? Yeah, that's why you get a fucking Golden Globe for just, for for spurting out that fucking weird shit. It's so weird. Stacey yeah, he's, um, he's in a car. He's he's getting driven to this um this castle asylum deal um and then um next to him in a car i'm like oh these those damn dirty hippies caught themselves a square because they have this dude tied up in a chair yeah like in the back of the truck and i'm like well what the fuck dude yeah this is i mean and we never know what happens with that this is not related to literally anything. no not not anything it's just like oh we're doing weird shit when that's that's another thing that's never fucking uh, never fucking explained i'd be interested to read the fucking 1978 book that he based this fucking you probably should yeah um but yeah we have uh let me see if i can find it on livy yeah he uh he meets uh Stacy Keach, Colonel Hudson Kane meets Colonel Fell, at, uh, played by Ed Flanders, n- no relation to Ned, uh, who helps Kane kind of accumulate to his uh, to the uh, to the mental patients around him who are just uh, saying insane fucking shit. Some oh, of the book most... is on the book is on Libby. Yeah, cool. That's awesome. Okay, the um, but it doesn't. I don't, uh, the other thing that kind of freaked with my head, I don't know why they put San Antone as a song at the very beginning of this movie doesn't make any sense either. It, I it, thought it was very strange. Yeah. That's why, right. I, that's why I noted it. Yeah. But, um, yeah, among the many patients, there's a former astronaut Bill, uh, named Billy who aborted a moon launch and was dragged... Who has some some of the best lines in the movie. Yeah, some of the best lines in the movie. I know my rights. I want to see my urologist. (laughs) Yeah. It's, uh... And, yeah. And then there's John Miller, who plays, uh... One of the best other parts of this movie. And it... The movie is split mostly into two parts. One in where he's introduced to all the mental patients and has to deal with them for like a good 24 to 48 hours pretty consistently as they barge into his 
it into his office and to say, here's what I, uh, here's what problems I have. Here's what's going on. And John Miller just doing Shakespeare for dogs yes. and being so specific about all of the casting, about who, who what would work breeds for. What can play what, what role. World, uh, because of how it would work and how, it would, and how he's just screaming at some dogs as if they're like, people and like as if they can understand his fucking like, bullshit about like, ah, you can be replaced <laughs> you can't be replaced this is just fucking why are you teaching the dog shakespeare as a pain in the ass but somebody's got to do it do they okay <laughs> do they really i don't th- i don't think so but all right um is it's uh it's it's uh it's it's really fucking weird. He's also uh uh Kane played by Stacey Keach is also having these he's also having these weird dreams about his flashback to his time in Vietnam, mm-hmm. but they're very quick. They're like 3 or 4 or 5 seconds of just like of his uh, of his face or his brother's face who is who is also work uh, who we find out is also working there. And he is, he is uh, brought down emotionally by these memories he cannot dice, uh, decipher in his dreams, and he can And he's having trouble. And he's ha- he has the patience of a saint dealing with all of these fucking uh, these fucking goofballs just going like, "Hey, let's go on." You know, you have Frank Loja singing perfect out. Jo- I mean, like either that he's either that's his actual voice. Or he is lip syncing. Lip syncing. I think it. he was lip syncing because it really, really sounded like El Jolson. Yeah, and it's amazing. Or he's singing along with it. I think he's, he's singing. singing I think he's probably like, singing along to it. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's and the black dude watching him do this is not amused. It, yeah, at all. And it's amazing that this was filmed and put out there, and it's not. You know, this came out in '80, and we have like just a regular. That guy not regular, was but, played by Moses Gunn. Moses Gunn. Yeah. It's, Amazing Moses Gun, uh, God. but uh, the uh, attempting to stage it. He, everyone thinks that he's crazy. All the mental patient thinks he, uh, patients think that Kane is crazy, even though he. We've come to find out in the second half that he actually also actually is a patient. He actually is. He's just not. like the guy that when he shows up and thinks the guy's in charge, charge. and then and then the real doctor comes up and is like, "No, he stole my pants. He stole my he's, pants. He's, I don't have any pants. Yeah, he's just another patient. He's not in charge of anybody. He just stole my clothes, and those are my last pair of pants for the week. Everything else is." At the laundry or what have you, because there is one actual doctor here. Yeah, played by uh, uh, played by Ed Flanders, uh, and his name is Colonel Fell. But he, there's an entire sequence, like the first like thirty five minutes of the movie, he's just not wearing pants throughout all of the scenes because someone stole his pants. So he's just sitting in the corner, yeah. watching the other people trying to pitch him all of their crazy bullshit, uh, trying to pitch, you know. Uh, Kane, all of the all of their crazy ideas, and in the corner is Colonel Fell, just with no pants on, just listening to the entire fucking thing. Do all of these people come in and say, "I have an idea for all this fucking insane insanity"? You know, uh, this is who should play Hamlet. You know, this... <laughs> and, and I love how Jason Miller. I, I keep on bringing it back to this, but it's mainly because it's, he's he's playing it so perfectly as an actual. He's playing it as a stuck-up 
theater theater director who knows his shit. He's he's playing it yeah, perfectly. Yeah, I mean, this guy, this guy a, isn't full of shit. He he definitely knows his. He shit. know he know he probably went had some musical theater before he went into Vietnam. Well, Shakespearean theater, musical theater, or, oh, or just like yeah, that. or just, but the type of attitude he has has that. Type yeah, of, theater people are theater people. Yeah, uh, yeah, but um, yeah, it's the. He he's uh, he's having weird he's having weird images and it's hard to write down or get any consensus of the story when it's just basically these two. It, it's basically he's kind of just acclimating for the first like hour of the film. Yeah, and then and then for the second hour he's dealing with the depression of like oh, uh, I I might actually be fucking crazy. I might also be a patient or like come to terms with that fucking shit. Anyway. Um, yeah, okay, so what do you, what do you have, uh, what else do you have on the, on this? So when, um, I believe it's the, um, the astronaut character, um, when he's introduced to Stacey Keach's character, he says, you know, do I call you HUD? And then the real doctor guy says, call him Colonel. And then the astronaut guy says, are you the one with the chickens? They said you were a doctor. This man treats crocodiles for acne. Just bad shit lines. And I'm sorry, but so many of these these characters, since it's, it's mainly all brunette white dudes, I got them. It was hard for me to differentiate, so I couldn't really get characters' names down. Yeah, that's that's well. fine. And that's why we say so many of them were like Jay, We know Jason Miller's the sh- uh, the Shakespeare director. We know that Joe Spinell is his assistant kind of taking everything down. And, and, and also just not taking his shit. He's just not, he's not listening to direction. <laughs> he's and not it's pissing him off. <laughs> it's so fucking funny. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's awesome. The, um, all right. What, what uh, the else? former astronaut, what is, yeah, what, what is his character? Cause he, he has a scope, um, captain, oh, Cutshaw. Captain Cutshaw, played by Scott Wilson. Yeah. Uh, another one of his great lines is, uh, I think the end of the world just came for that bag of Fritos in my pocket. Like, that is, like, the specificity of the inanity of that line is just, like... <sighs> it's, it's, it, it's really perfect. It's really, um... I mean, I have all of the... I, 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 uh, I wrote down... I, I found all of the quotes, so if you want me to just re- read some. More. Well, I, I I looked at a lot of quotes as well, but I but I wrote some of them down, like yeah. when um, you know, he says to Stacy Keach's character, like, "Oh, do you like my medal?" And he's just like, "Oh yeah, it's a beautiful medal." And he's like, "No, you can't have it. Powerful drugs can be insinuated into my suit." <laughs> Fucking what, mate? <laughs> These are guys after my own heart. Uh, yeah, really... I know. And, and then he, he asked him, he's like, okay, so why didn't you want to go to the moon? And he just says, well, going to the moon is naughty, imp- impolite, uncouth, and frankly, bad for his skin. <laughs> well, that's Which that might be the case. Probably true. I mean... Yeah, it could be bad for your skin to be in a spacesuit for that long. And I don't know what the, the change in gravity does to the blood flow. You're convinced that God is dead because what? there's evil in the world. Yeah. Correct. Then why don't you think he's alive? Because there's goodness in the world. Why won't you go to the moon? The man in the moon tried to fuck my sister. (laughs) Show me a Catholic and I'll show you a junkie. I'll show you a junkie. Well, I I guess that's the only one that makes kind of sense. No, that one totally makes sense. But I also love, uh, you wouldn't know Kafka from Betty Davis. Do you always play kiss-ass with the loonies? Why? I don't know. What song was that? It's I Remember Mama by Oedipus Rex. 
These are totally out of context, but they're generally out of context in the film. Yeah, the, 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 just saying them. Yeah, your uh, listeners, you're going to watch this movie too. This, I would also recommend yeah, this, yeah, even though can... the second half is really kind of sad. Yeah, it's, it's a downer, but it's very well acted, well written. It's definitely worth a watch. Um, what what else? Uh, uh, quit drinking buttermilk daiquiris in the closet, Grover. Yeah. Like, how do you write shit that completely insane? Yeah, and have it seem so legit because other yeah. movies where you portray a crazy person like they're fucking really, really nuts. Yeah, it, it's it, it's done either with a lot more melodrama or you know with sac- uh, with too much saccharine empathy. This is just real bonkers talk, real left field talk. And they're just showing them for but they who they say are. It with total conviction. Com- conviction and yes. confidence, and that's what I like love. They, that's what I say. They absolutely mean these lines when they say things like, Everyone knows the moon is Roquefort. I am a Buddhist. In case of emergency, call a llama. <laughs> I believe in the devil, all right, because the prick keeps doing commercials. <laughs> that that's is the best that, fucking that's line. That's another there. one that is very valid. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I don't belong to the god that is alive and hiding in Argentina Club, but I believe in the devil. All right, you know why? Because that the prick keeps on doing commercials. That's just. It's just. It's so. It's so fucking great. I I loved every single moment. They uh, they bring up the idea of if God existed, he's a fake, or more likely a foot. And they, then they keep on referencing and then he, God. And then every time foot. he references God, he he ref, he uses the word foot. A giant, all-powerful, all-knowing foot. <laughs> the, and, and yeah, it is a bit of a downer. They, uh, I, we can can realize because once we figure out. Oh wait! Oh, go ahead. Uh, oh, I go just ahead. okay. The, what do you have the entire um, quote for the bit? Where where the director is trying to um, talk about his um, his Hamlet theory, where he says like, which is which is just a really fascinating just bit of writing here, where he says things like, you know, acting crazy is a way to let off steam. Hamlet had to act crazy to avoid actually going crazy, crazy. because nuts are not responsible. And the more he indulges himself, the healthier he gets. Which one interesting way to read that play so I want to reread and that, that is and that and feels authentic and it feels it's real. also very meta because he could be talking about any one of the patients in the film himself there you but go but then when he's done he's just like oh do you think he bought it because I didn't buy it so then, yeah <laughs> the entire plausible theory yeah. that he puts down he's like oh no that's all bullshit no that's all bullshit yeah and, and it's 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 so great. It, it's probably the best interpret. I completely understood what he was talking about when he yeah. was talking about Hamlet being crazy or whether or not he was pretending to be crazy in order to do the fucking. It's just it's a brilliant way to look at the. Yeah, we both have to reread. Yeah. I both want to reread Hamlet just to see if that fucking theory holds water or that interpretation. Yeah. Oh, then water. they get the idea. Oh, we're going to indulge the men. They want to play Great Escape, so they just let them do. Whatever crazy fantasies that they want. Um, and then I'm like, oh god, now there are Nazi uniforms. Um, because of course that has to happen. And then... Um, because they're addressing them up. Because, oh, we have to indulge them. Why? What? Because one of them... There's only like one sane military military guy at the fucking place. And he's very serious. He's very old school. He doesn't understand or believe in psychology in some cases. He's like, why am I... Why do we have to wear these 
armbands of not uh, these Nazi armbands, and Colonel Kane uh, and Kane basically says to him, "We have to indulge them to try to get them to open up." And uh, but I don't want. And he's like, "This is all nuts. This is crazy. We can't do this. I don't want to do this." And I, I, I mean, I, I, I get it, but it, yeah, it's just. Yeah, and I'm like, oh gosh, and now there's a Frankenstein as um. It's uh, Captain Cutshaw. He has a Frankenstein uh, mask on for some reason, and he says some more great lines like, "You're so dumb, you're adorable." And the essence of suicide is you don't collect the insurance. Yeah. Oh, and then he has to get taken to mass. So, so um, Cece Keach does take him to mass, and he's in one of those little bow dresses, like little boys in like the 1890s. Yeah. It's so sad. Just playing it straight. And then he keeps on talking during Matt. He like he. Bre- I was just so embarrassed. He won't, he won't shut the. Fuck he won't up. shut up. Like Did Eucharist. that make you feel uncomfortable? I don't know how. Well, the priest was just kind of like, oh lord, and he was just shaking his head, like, like like this isn't the first time it's happened. Like this isn't the first time. Yeah. This and then is- when they're when they're done, the captain says, "Hey, if you die first and there's life after death, will you give me a sign?" And Stacey Keach says, I'll try. I'll and the try. other guy says, well, you're terrific. And there, and they, that comes back, yeah, that that comes, comes back, back a little back. bit later. But, uh, you know, he has, you know, a, a new patient calls him Killer Kane. And he kind of, that triggers Kane to think about his own fucking fuck-ups and, and his own flashbacks in Vietnam. Because he, I guess he disassociated himself and created a new persona because he didn't want to remember that he murdered so many fucking yeah, people. Yeah, apparently, like, yeah, he decapitated a child and just kind of held his Held head. his ha- hand. And that image where he's, and it's really quick, and it is very creepy, where the the camera's above him, and he's looking to the sky up at the camera, and he's screaming, and in his hands he's holding a small face uh, of a Viet yes. Cong, uh, a, a Vietnamese uh, child. That, and he's screaming, ah, oh God, oh my God, what have I done? That type of Yeah, and they were shit. trying to sort of explain it, but it got weird. So, he, like, he got into his position as a... So, my question was like, okay, wait, wait, are they saying that he got into his position as a shrink by computer glitch? I was incorrect there, I believe. And then I'm like, okay, so he created his brother as, like, a split memory personality <laughs> thing, and now he's doing pendants by Colonel pretending f- to be a shrink, but he's really a patient, and the real shrink's brother. Yeah, the, yes. the real shrink, Colonel Fell, the actual yeah. Colonel Fell, who's the guy who uh, got his pants stolen, the, everything like that. Yes. That's that's Kane's actual yes. brother. I put it together eventually. It yeah, and yeah, it just took a little while because... It's it's subtly it's subtle enough and weird and dis, the movie's disjointed and surrealistic in a certain way enough that uh, that when it is actually revealed it makes more it makes more sense. I will say that uh, this is much, uh, I don't I don't know uh, much more. I understood this movie a little bit better. I mean, a little bit better at least since we knew that all of these people up from the very top they're all. Not, I mean, this is a much more cohesive understandable plot there are create there are mental patients in a mental hospital dealing with PTSD mm-hmm. and what and the supposed doctor is a, but yeah he he created a healer uh to think of himself as a healer after that uh, a new persona of his brother and he was uh his brother uh it, he wanted to think of himself as his brother rather than himself so when he had that sp- uh, that fucking split during during war and kind of tried to bury it and then he just 
took on this new persona of his actual brother as a healer, and that's how and that's why he was thinking those things. But yeah, it it doesn't really um, it 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 turns the movie yeah, turns into a completely turned, yes. different movie, and we all know when that happens when. One of the guys, uh, one of the patients, steal when oh yeah, when Cutshaw escapes the castle, steals a car, and goes to a bar, and that's when we actually have them interacting with quote unquote you know nine crazy people, just more violent and horrible. Yeah, it's like people, a blank just bar. like the outside world. Yeah, and their interact turn out well. Yeah, it's it's the and it's horrible. These people are fucking. Dist- they're terrible to these fucking. To these yeah, one, one of the one of the top shit. dog biker guys recognizes him as uh, quote the astronaut who lost his marble. So he had been in the paper for um, uh, probably for yeah. aborting the launch and things like that. So he's a he's a bit known. Yeah, and uh, and they brutal uh, and they brutalize him. He's just trying to get a. <laughs> it, it's it's sad. He, he gets there. He orders like five. Or seven shots, however Yeah, he just many. keeps ordering shots of scotch, not drinking them, just, like, keeping them there. And well, I guess he, he drinks them, a, he drinks one or two, but then he has a bunch but of... But that's only when they table. were trying to bully, that's only when they're trying to bully him that he, try to, he tries to drink the mm. shots just so they're away from him and shit like that. But it, it's, it, it's, uh, it, they really, uh, they are, I mean, unlike one of our first, one of our first episodes, they are... Not like they are just as stupids as are as one of I the love earliest. That's what it reminded you no, of no, so just funny. like uh, yeah, cruel for no reason. Yeah. Uh, whereas in the beach blanket bingo uh, movies that we watched at the very beginning of this, starting this podcast, uh, they were very happy and all that shit. Yeah, well, the bikers always get and that in that movie, and they were like, oh yay! Well, that was early sixties. Now we're in nineteen eighty. You know. Plenty of evil shit with bikers have already happened. They've dude, and I don't a... get it because this the, the main biker dude has on like the shittiest eyeliner and whatnot. He yeah. has no business giving anyone any grief. Yeah, he and, totally sucks. Yeah, there's such a way, dickhead. But uh, he was <laughs> such a way. But uh, <laughs> the, the eyeliner on his fucking face is just it's very dangerous. heavy, and uh, it, he's. It, and there, uh, now we have this different idea of bikers, especially since the Hell's Angels more or less killed a Rolling Stone member, uh, Rolling Stone uh, fan yeah. it, 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 at ultimate at Altamont four months after the Manson murders in December of '69, uh, which more or less you know uh, showed the that was more or less the real death knell of the six. Anyway, so we have different more hostile views of bikers than like just vroom vroom I'm here to race but they've turned into much more be- malevolent Sinister. or benevolent or all bad bad characters uh, bad real real bad characters throughout this and uh, yeah they torture this they really brutalize them yeah, for no reason just to be just a bully a cruel just a bully an astronaut who's going through some fucking shit and thinks is all this stuff's on the yeah. So um, they Kane eventually shows up. Yeah, um, the um, the waitress um, calls like calls information and she's like, uh, is there a calls the hospital? Yeah, she she kind of somehow 
in a roundabout way gets a hold of the hospital, which, I mean, honestly, I think she probably, it's a good thing she called somebody, but she probably should have called the cops. Yeah, she should have called the cops. But, you know, on the other hand, I think that if you're doing, like, if this is a place in the middle of nowhere, uh, uh, for one, and B, that that's a shady type of underground type of bar. They mm-hmm. might be doing other s- sort of shady shit at that bar, too, so they might not want to call the cops. That was my own exclam- uh, explanation in my head of why she probably didn't want to call the cops because mm-hmm. it's A, it'd take too long, and B, the hospital is probably close. Uh, they probably know that the hospital... Uh, the waitress probably knows that uh, the bar people and the waitress probably knows that there's a hospital really close to here. So, hey, you want to just pick up the your your patient rather than getting the cops involved? When you, of course, when you get the cops involved, it becomes a whole goddamn thing. It becomes a whole long time. But of course, you probably should have just done that just in case. But uh, yeah, they uh, fucking uh, Kane Stacy Keach comes to. More or less save him from this shit. And we get the most brutal... It's I mean, it's hard to watch. He tries, but these bikers don't fucking let up. Let, they don't let up, and it it, it just... They, it, they're talking all kinds of mad shit about, like... Cause if you do About this. the Marines and stuff, and it's like, dude, why do you care? Why do you care? This is some Trump supporter shit. This is some fucking... This is some fucking angry sh- uh, people going like, Ugh, say they're bad. Say they're stupid. Say they ain't shit. Say they suck, and then you can go. And I've been in those type of situations. Like, if you just say this, we'll let you go. We'll stop bullying you. you. Yeah, yeah. What makes you think I'm gonna fucking trust you? I've been in these types of situations before. And no matter, it doesn't matter how much you fucking give them to let up. You could say that they're the greatest person in the world. They're still gonna fucking beat you senseless until they feel like they that you've had enough of their abuse. Mm -hmm. And that's very rare. So. That's what bo- I mean. That's what bothered me. But yeah, um, and so eventually, Stacy Keats says, "Yeah, okay, fine. That's what I believe." And then, yeah, all right, fine. We we'll get out of here. And he f- he finally stands up for himself. Uh, they finally Stacy stands yeah, up for himself of, and says, "Okay, kind of enough of this the shit." Killer Kane, yeah. And he becomes his, his true self of Killer Kane, and uh, yeah, and just kind of takes them all out one by one. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and they they attri- they were gonna rape they were gonna rape uh, the astronaut Capshaw. They were gonna fucking they were gonna sexually assault him, and it's just it's just uh, yeah, it's 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 awful, it's awful, and uh, and they uh, get yeah, and causing Kane to snap and kill most of the bar- bikers with his bare hand. He kills them with his bare hands, which mm-hmm. is well, no shit. Of course, you're gonna call him Killer Kane. They they return to the castle and the fucking police come to fucking arrest Kane for the murders at the bar. And that's, that's, and tells that she, uh, he, uh, and Fell, Colonel Fell tells the police he should not, he should stay in the hospital because he was provoked by the bikers and provoked to do these mm-hmm. fucking awful things and he's already nuts as, as is and you know he wraps he wraps him in a blanket and just and Kane uh, you know he mumbles to himself and mumbles to cu- uh, cut Shaw about God and he's dealing with all this fucking shit it's really sad it's really a sad ending you yeah. don't see this it, it, it 
after the brutality, you don't expect it to get, like, let's get down the dirt sad about some about some of this, but it really lays it on thick about how fucking depressing that this all is. It's not really... It's a semi... It's a semi-happy ending, I'll say. The, the, the semi-happy uh, last half of the movie. But what else? Uh, yeah, they... Well, baby kills himself. Yeah, he kills himself. That's that's not good. <laughs> Were you going to mention that? Yeah, I was about to mention that. Yeah. He uh, he drops a bloody knife. He killed himself with a bloody knife. He fucking stabs himself. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's... Uh, it's... Uh, yeah, he... Provide apparently it's to provide proof of human goodness. Oh, and also in the bar, another line I thought is when he tell uh, is when Cutshaw tells Kane, "Hey, this is the this is the decent the decency of humanity you were talking about earlier." Yeah, that uh, it just rubs in his face about uh, about like yeah, these people are not what you think of humanity because he keeps on. Uh, Colonel Kane kept on saying to Capshaw throughout their talks was like, hey, no, you're going to be, it's going to be, human, humans are good. Humanity is a good thing. People are decent, you know. And uh, after uh, Cutshaw, after uh, a little bit later, after reading a note left by Kane, he exp- uh, which Kane expresses hope that there is, that his sacrifice will, you know, shock Cutshaw back to sanity, which is a weird way to fucking get Cutshaw back to fucking sanity. Yeah, um, it says something, um, uh, Captain Cutshaw, I am taking my life in the hope that my death may provide a shock that has curative value. Yeah, which is an insane fucking thing to say. But it seems to, it seems to work for Cutshaw. Yeah, so just, yeah, that, so uh, all you crazy people out there listening to this pod, uh, you know, <laughs> demand your psychiatrist kills yourself so you it'll shock you back into therapy. That that make it doesn't make any sense, <laughs> but okay if you think that'll fucking work. And apparently it kind of does. <laughs> he he finds a Saint Christopher medal and he like somehow it that somehow appears in the car and he turns it over to confirm whether it was the one that he gave to Kane and. He silently rejoices, like, yes, that's the thing that I got from Cain. I got this thing from Cain. There is humanity. What a what a weird connection all the way through. It's like I don't know. It just it it bothered the fuck out of me. All these all these the reason to watch this is probably because of how wonderful um and how authentic uh quote unquote people with PTSD, people who have snapped, people who have mental health issues. I really admired how uh, confident and because and how wild and how authentically weird a lot of a lot of the performances are. How you know how it just it, how it just made a lot of it just made a lot of sense to me. This is the, one of the very few times that it felt like uh, the only other time I felt like in the 1970s or in this decade where crazy people were portrayed with any sort of authenticity was a little bit with uh, 
um, one for the cuckoo's nest when it came mm-hmm. to some of the characters in there. I've it, you know, there are super quiet ones. Everyone in this fucking, all the patients in this movie were really fucking la- are loud and confident, and and maybe that's because they were, um, they were, they used to be soldiers with PTSD, so they have a little bit more headstrong, headstrongness and a bit more confidence when they say these fucking batshit or quote unquote batshit things. There's also uh, the most provocative imagery uh, or the handful of uh, shots of an astronaut on the moon seeing Jesus Christ on a uh, on his uh, two pieces of wood being crucified and looking up at uh, looking up at that it's one of the most shocking and I wouldn't say shocking but like inventive images I've seen in a yeah it was, psych- it was psychological horror film or psychological yeah. Uh, drama film. I've never seen it, and it, and it and it and it and it working so well is like it, it, it as far as like as far as the special effects to make that or the effects or the the construction to make that look real, like and make it look like Jesus is on the moon and being crucified, is uh, really quite something to quite something to see. But uh, yeah. Was there a, was there any more you really wanted to talk about? Because we could just I don't think so, Pumpkin. Yeah, it's um, yeah. The, my one of my favorite one of my favorite lines in this movie. I think the end of the world just came for that bag of Fritos I had in my pants pocket. Just what? What the fuck? <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's it, it's something it, it's something to uh, it's something to it's really something to watch. It's well worth watching. It's just a bit of a. It's it's a bit it, it can be a bit scary. Anyway, here we go. Uh, uh, let's go to uh, the next segment, which is notes out of context. Notes out of context. Okay, these are the notes out of context for the ninth configuration. A man in a castle, a pocket, a rocket. What the fuck? Moon is getting better. A dream about his past as an astronaut in the castle. He thinks uh, scenery is coming. I'm coming down. The Bonnie is the country. Hail Caesar. Vietnam vets went crazy. Nanny or most with the faking betting up and put a spot. Dawn on it for nothing. Aborted mission. Caught up in it. Fucking weirdos. Tough shit. Claiming to the be the best psychiatrist, stick on a preamble. Cap your ass and pretend you're human. Ford something very angry product tippies. Chinese guts are great. An area of expertise. Stacy Keach is gonna whip these fuckers into mental shape. Fuck you, saying movie quotes. Poor, poor bastard is where is the famous D. Dianetics boys are ten. No one in woman world. Oh, there's not a lot of women in this movie. Oh, pounce on the realms. More soup. Mock face in the Hezbollah tribe. Here we go. Bleak guy is not Hanoi. Is he singing Jacka John Miller? 
Oh, exactly what said about the Ramadan of someone. Stacy Keach is laying down the laws. Oh, not today. No many house reasons. Anyone can walk through these walls. I try to walk through the punishing of the atoms. Problem, the, problem with the prophecies of a crazy person is that they're not going to make any sort of sense. Ooh, here's the bunch sheeping pill, sleeping pills you keep on a on too much of a too soon, but don't blame them. I take that to mean any opiates to the sternum can be really cool. Now, boy, humble it with your treatment. Cracked up for aches. Road to hill. Become what I thought the end of the world came after that bag of Fritos. I eat in my pot. I have in my pocket. It's the you son of a bitch. A lot of these, a lot of these notes are all just the fucking. <laughs> Quotes. quotes, which is just insane. These quotes are great. I I loved it. You know, it's just, take me to the beach. It's night and it's raining. I see you're determined to start an argument. It's just, this movie is worth watching. I really loved it a lot. And uh, this has been Top Notch Nonsense. I, uh, I'm Michael, and that's been Miranda, who's not speaking. At the moment. It has been, and it still is. Okie dokie. Well, have a wonderful time. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye. Please watch this thing. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.